anytime I want to start. No, me. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon, episode 596. Dave thought it was 595. I Thinking we had a lot more time before we got to 600, but uh, wrong. Uh, I'm Ian Boothby. I'm David Dedrick. Here's the first, uh, normally we end with questions. Here's a question. Mm. Uh, what would you like us to do for the 600th episode? <laughs> That's a good question. Because normally we were full of uh, uh, piss and vinegar, and we're like, oh, we're going to make a big thing. And uh, we've both been like uh, going through like kind of a little bit of sad times and stuff with uh, pets and whatnot. And so we're a little lower key right now. <laughs> a little lower key. Maybe that's what it is. You're yeah. Right. Some yeah. of us maybe uh, were in the hospital for pneumonia like uh, <laughs> last month and uh, stuff like uh, that there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what would you like us to do? We were considering maybe going to like a smaller venue uh, such as a libelberry. Or a, uh, you know a, a community center, and maybe doing a show uh, live in uh, one of those uh, places. Uh, so yeah, but ever do let us let us know. Hey, hey, listen, we're also going to be doing a live show, not a live show. We're going to be live appearing at uh, Van Calf on the twentieth. So we're doing that as well. So that's true, you know. Uh, but uh, but we can't weasel in there and go like, hey, can we do a thing there? <laughs> That'd be weird. Wouldn't it? Unless we did. We did it huh. before. Ah, <laughs> huh. we have done it before. Huh. Well, think about it. Anyway, what would you like us to do? Uh, let us know, and uh, maybe we'll do that. So there. Yeah. One of the first things we ever did in this uh, space was one of our anniversary shows. That's right. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of uh, wonderful guests. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was We're fun. not doing that again, because I have to clean. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't saying we should. No. I'm just thinking that was fun. That was good. We could. I mean, the, the backyard is a possibility. Mm. Uh, out, uh, outdoors is a possibility. We just got to think okay. of what to do. Sure. Maybe best suggestion: get some candy. So there you go. If you uh, tell us the best suggestion, I'll give you some candy. Oh. What kind of candy will it be? I don't know, but uh, something like that. Yeah. I was just a little I don't bit. Know uh, yeah. I was just a little bit annoyed. I ordered a litter box for uh my cat okay uh, that uh because um uh, uh they're at the stage right now where i forgot the sex of my cat um <laughs> i gotta check their uh, page and see what their pronouns are sure um how but, many how many of them there are yeah their back legs uh have been we- have been weak lately oh, okay so this is kind of you know what happens when you get the advanced uh uh, kidney uh, problems so w- they've been having problems like getting into the litter box in the last like two days that's sure. just a new thing yeah uh so what i was thinking was like is there a way of either one cutting the side out of the, the litter box a bit so lowering it down yeah uh which i'm not really sure what device to use for to do that i was i was trying kitchen shears no dice uh <laughs> but but they had so i looked it up like low-sided uh, you know, for uh, kittens or senior cats, and what they had there was ones for ferrets. Okay, that are lower, and I was like, "Oh, I that see. sounds good." So I got one, but it's too small. Like the box itself is too small. So I was just disappointed by that, and it was like, "Ah, that's frustrating." Uh, so yeah, I got I got to uh, figure out how to cut the side of a litter box. I think a saw would be your best bet. What type of saw? We do have saws. Do you have saws? Yeah. What type of saw? Maybe I'll bring I'll bring over a saw. I I have like a little fold folding one. Okay. Well, we got to pr- basically do this. Oh, thing. we got to do it. 
So yeah, is... you'll need like a kind of one that's very fine-toothed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to use like a coarse one like for sawing wood. You want one that's more like almost like a hacksaw, but yep. more than a hacksaw, less than a wood saw. I have no problem with <laughs> buying one of those immediately. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, cause So just... if you go to your local hardware store, mm-hmm. just look for, they'll have like little kind of folding saws okay uh in the with with the saws and just look for one that has like a like a oh. kind of a fine tooth and i think that would be our best all right we'll for, look at we'll look that it. up like afterwards and sure. uh, and figure that out sure yeah the update on uh on cohen right now is uh the yeah he's just he's just gotten slower mm. and uh the leg thing just kind of kicked in uh, you know no uh no pun uh, in the last uh, couple of days, and so you know he can kind of walk a couple of feet, then he's got to like rest, walk a couple of feet, then he's got to rest. Which mm. means we're we're now like in. It feels like this is this is the weird bit about this. Obviously, that would be like well, now we're in the end stages, yeah, and and what have you. But uh, starting like last week, uh, we took him in, you know, just for just for a checkup and to check on like his anemia. Okay. And one of the reason one of the reasons for the back leg issues is anemia, and it makes their legs weak, and it's part of the kidney disease. Yeah. So um, we were doing this. Uh, we gave him a shot of like a B twelve or iron shot, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, it, we we checked in this week to see if, how the results were, and uh, basically you've got to be like uh, healthy is. Uh, t- between 25 and 30 somethings, uh, and he was 19, so not good. Yeah. Uh, but we gave him, we gave him the one shot, and then in like a week he got to 24. Okay. So it's very close to being like not anemic. Yeah. So, um, this is the thing with it with 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 the, with our with our other cats when they have deteriorated, it was like a straight line of like deteriorating. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. it's. Now it's not fun for them to be around anymore, and we've mm-hmm. got to make the hard decision. Yeah. Uh, and with him, the little rascal, <laughs> you know, he keeps going from like, you know, oh, it's this this number here. That's not good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, not all of a sudden, we you know try and take care of him. And then all of a sudden, his numbers are like good. He goes from like stage four to stage three. I'm like, okay, all right. And and it's like, well, now the anemia is really kicking in. Oh, but now the anemia is almost like. You know, to to normal. It's like, but but has the damage to the back legs been done? You know, too much now, and what what have you? So, mm. what we're basically going to do, we're going in again this Tuesday to check what his numbers are again, and we'll see we'll see what's what. It's and it's like his legs aren't like totally bad like all the time. Mm. So there's these periods where like walking around, it's like son of a bitch. What's causing this? Like, what's causing the bad periods? What's causing the good periods? And, you know, I mean, the, you know, the instinct is to just go, it, it probably is like very, very close to time, but you also don't want to miss something. And then they go, oh, yeah, that was that was the one that was one repairable thing that you could have done. And uh, like, fuck. So you just don't you just don't know. So we're we're literally like taking things like a day at a time. And uh, and, you know, we'll we'll check in with the vet this this week and see what's what. And then. But, yeah, it's it's getting close and it's it's hard for sure. You know, yeah. and then all of a sudden you just look over at him and all of a sudden he's having like a bright eyed period where he's just, <laughs> hey, what's up? Or like we had sushi last night, and all of a sudden, hey, what's going on? And it's like walking over to us, like son of a bitch, don't <laughs> just play the bit the whole time. Don't do this sporadic, huh? Oh, I forgot. 
I'm sick. Like, okay, like he's pulling an insurance scam. Yeah, really. Maybe yeah. you're being too, you're getting too much, he's getting too much sympathy. He's really enjoying this. He's yeah. really milking it. I keep saying to him, like, you're going to school, you know, and we're not buying it. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, um, it's such a tricky, we've talked about it. It's so, it's so hard to know. Like, like you can't feel what they're feeling. And so you just, you don't know, like, you know. Yeah, all the like. Is there I got pain? A, is there? Are they? Fine? I got a list of all the things. You know, I, I was talking to the vet about this, and went, "Oh, here's a list of you know." It was like a not a pamphlet, but it was like a one pager of just yeah. like, you know, is your cat going through this? And it was just like, I get why they're saying these things, mm-hmm. but my cat isn't going through any of these things. Mm-hmm. But that's because my cat's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> that like is the other thing. So like, is is he not hungry anymore? Mm-hmm. No, he's like he he has been like losing weight. But he's hungry. Like anytime we bring out food, he's like devouring it. But he's yeah. just like losing weight. I'm like okay, uh, you know, is he withdrawing from you? No, but he's a weirdo. This is what he does. He comes up to you. Mm. He's 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 the opposite of like a lot of cats with with uh, this kind of thing. So it's like all this this big list of things of just like well, here's all the checklists of the things. It's like nope, none of those. But you know, I can tell that you know this we're we're getting close. So it was like this. It was just an annoying list. It was just like oomph, frustrating. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I don't know. I, no, go ahead. It's okay. No, no, no. There's I, no. I, there's no wrong answers to this. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, you want them to have like a little butterball uh, thing, like when the turkey's done. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the the thing pops out, and you're just like, okay, yeah. there you go. There now we know. It's 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 that. Sure. I do think that not that they know, but. You know they are in discomfort and stuff, and so they do seek your, your, you know, you to comfort them and stuff. Yeah. Well, this was the one thing I was asking the vet again. I was just like, so there, it, what's the pain situation here? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, he's not in pain. That's good. You know, the one thing that she did mention this time around that was like, what the? was uh, she was feeling like his kidneys and oh, this one is really swollen. Mm. Probably what this is is a tumor. I was like, well, this is the first I've heard of this. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he could have he could have like cancer in one of his his kidneys, and it's like, oh, and and one of the things that kind of bugs me about that is, you know, we had a cat that uh, we have had two cats that passed from cancer, and the and the one thing that was a little bit of a okay with with him was, well, it's not cancer, <laughs> at least it's not that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, this cancer asshole has showed up again, mm. and it's like, so could this be causing all of this? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it's like, okay, and so what does that mean? No difference to the treatment. Yeah. It yeah. just is what it is. And mm-hmm. it's like, and we'll just go, maybe it'll, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And I'm like, okay. So it's just, I mean, it's literally a Schrodinger freaking situation with this, with this guy of like, you know, maybe this and maybe not. And maybe <laughs> this and maybe not. And you go to the vet and go like, so could I get a definitive? And it's like, no. Mm. No, not without like something very intrusive yeah. to find yeah. out. And what's the point of that? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I get it. But it's really hard to not know what you're dealing with mm. in, in, in this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're dealing with old age. That's what it is. And he, and, it, and honestly, you know, he's, he's either 14 or he's 15. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, so that is old age for a cat. And yeah. if he, you know, when he passes, he will have died of old age. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the situation. So, yep, that's, that's where we're at. And again, it's a day at a time thing and, uh, yeah. But how have you been with the good. things? Good, good. Yeah. I was the thing when you're talking about Cohen, I was thinking about Risa, our cat, because, 
she's old now too. She's mm-hmm. how's she adjusting to no no dogs in that? Oh, it's she's been lording it over. over <laughs> she's been lording it over us. It's the cock of the walk, just strutting around the house with her tail in the air. Well, she's been for quite some time. She has been very vocal, like much more vocal than she was mm-hmm. when she was younger. She's reached a point now where she's she'll like call to you to come and pet her. Mm. Like she'll be in the bedroom. And she'll make like this awful squalling noise. And basically what she wants is you to walk down there. And then she's like, meow, you know, here I am. <laughs> Give me a pet. And sometimes you're, you go along with it. And sometimes you're just like, would you be quiet? What is, because this is the most horrible noise. Yeah. Like it's not nice. Like it's not well, like. Well, it's a, new. She hasn't like practiced the. the... <laughs> she hasn't practiced it. No, I, she's, I think she's found it's effective because it's yeah, so. That's, that's it's one so thing. awful. They do try the noises <laughs> until they find one that works. And then it's like, oh, no. So you got to be real careful the one you respond to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's been her, her thing lately is to like, she'll just come in and she'll. And because she's getting older now, it's, it's harder for her to hop up. Yeah. You know, like when she was younger, she could like jump over the fence, but those days are gone and she can barely like hop up onto my lap. So, you know, you have to reach down, which she doesn't like. She gets all meowy, you know, about it, but hey, you can't jump up without you. Like you need help. So yeah. you have to deal with it. What's nice? I mean, it's not great, but. With Albert gone, we can put her food on the floor, which we couldn't before. I was going to ask about that because, yeah, you had the incident with her and Albert before. And so she had, yeah, you had to adjust things. Yeah. So she always would eat on the table, <laughs> sitting on the table. So they have to wash the table before you eat. But she would always, like, that would be her, her place to, to eat. So she's gotten used to the, so she would hop up on the table and she'd be like, well, here I am. And I'd be like, no, your food's, food's over there. She's like, well, I'm, this is for me. This is where I eat. And I'm like, no, you're not anymore. So here you, here you go. Uh, yeah, it's kind of retraining her after all this time to, to eat. She's kind of getting it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's different now. I don't know what she's going to be like. Because in the summertime, she used to spend like almost all her time outdoors. Like She would barely want to come in the house. She would sleep outside. She had her little places where she'd sleep. And, and I th- she's, that's changed as well. She tends to want to be around us more um, and, uh, make, and make a god-awful noise. <laughs> and you discover why it's called caterwauling. When they when they start to caterwaul, you're like, oh, that name makes some sense. Yeah, it is awful. It is a caterwaul. It is a real mess. So yeah, but uh, yeah, other than that, she's fine. Like she's not unhealthy. She doesn't mm-hmm. show, doesn't seem unhealthy or anything like that. She's going through her gross time of the year where she sheds mm-hmm. and she's long haired, so it gets matted, and then she pulls out the mats. And I guess we could take her to get her trimmed, but. Uh, that would involve us having some sort of organizational principle in the house. So instead, we just have a cat who slowly, slowly denudes herself of hair, and then it grows back in again through the summertime. And then she looks as great. And then, then autumn comes, and then it's, that coat goes out, and another one comes in, and then that creates the, a, a new problem. Oh, wow. Okay. And then she pulls all that hair out, and then she looks great for a couple more months, <laughs> and then it goes around again, round and round. So, yeah, I don't know. It's um, pretty, I guess in a couple of years, we'll be petless. Yeah. It'd be so different. We never. Be a very weird. Uh, we have environment. never since the girls were little. We have not. I mean, we went a few years without having a dog or a cat or anything like that. But we had some guinea pigs for a while. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. When was that? Uh, way back when the girls were before we got Misty, we had some guinea pigs. That was our first foray into pet ownership. Yeah, it's a good start. <laughs> you know, and they then, need some care. They've got a little bit of affection. Yeah. Not too much. Mm. Not too needy. Yeah. Uh, and they don't last very long. No, they certainly don't. So then, um, yeah, then we got Misty. 
when the girls were, I'm not too sure how old Eve was, but they were still like early. Eve was probably not in elementary school yet. And Mary was just early on in her elementary school career. Mm-hmm. And we got Misty. Please don't ask me for dates, everyone. Once I left school, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know what, when anything happens. So before I could like peg it to a grade, but now I can't. Um, so yeah, so it's been a long time since that we've had like things around the house. So, and Lisa has stated that she does want to get a dog, but she wants to be, she wants to retire first. Mm-hmm. So she has more time if we get a puppy or whatever, then she's there with it. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we, we've always said like, you know, we've got to somehow make a payment on this house before we can get a dog because it's not it's a no no dogs allowed house Mm, mm. um but uh and yeah and that usually means like you know we need three tv shows and then if you get that then you can get a dog okay so everyone walking around with a dog has three tv shows yeah i assume so (laughs) and his name we'll figure it out yeah it's hard it's hard sometimes you know thinking ahead it feels disrespectful almost to you the cat the the animal you have now but it's like no you're pet, pet you know it's it, there's an energy there's a there's a niceness and definitely lisa's a dog person for sure you mm-hmm. know walking around she's a dog and, and cat person when i met her yeah they didn't have a dog they she had cats it's also a nice excuse to be social with the neighbors you know and it sounds like that's what she does is walking around the kids are following and you yeah know, yeah, yeah, which is nice. They've just been going on sort of just like little little walks together, explore exploring hikes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you think about maybe getting a capybara. Capybara, yeah, the largest rodent there is. So if you like <laughs> guinea pigs, uh, they're they're large. Yeah. you got to get like a big pond though, because they like soaking in a big pond. Yeah, but aside from that, yeah, a nice uh, capybara. Go to your uh, local zoo; they got a bunch. I of think them there. there is. Well, there's one there at least. Yeah, yeah, they used to have more. Okay, yeah. Huh. They I used to live with someone who was a huge capybara fan. Okay, and so they would go to that zoo for the like what our like what our friend and third dragon Nina Matsumoto is with the red pandas. Yes, uh, she was that with uh, capybaras. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we took uh, Nina and Bob, Lisa and I. We they we went to the zoo again when he was here recently, and it was good though because we got a really good show. Yeah, yeah, because they had. Cups. What are they doing now? They're doing Les Mis now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Oh, I wish I could think. I was trying to think of a name. All I could think of was Mumpsy, and I was like, "No one's going to name a, no one's going to name a red panda Mumpsy." Mumpsy does the great Javert. Yeah, no. So anyway, um, no, because they had they had babies. Oh wow! So there was the mum and mum and dad, and then there was two babies, and they were just. Are they called cubs? They were hamming. I maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I guess pandas. They're like. We think of them as like bears, right? Should have said Moulin Rouge. Now I'm thinking about it. red pandas. They should be in Moulin Rouge, right? Mm. Though Moulin Rouge isn't really a musical. It's a it's a movie that's yeah, musical. it's a movie that has. Yeah, you're right. No, forget it. Okay, continue. <laughs> I stand by my original. You'll stand by original one. It would not Starlight Express, whatever it's called. Uh, mm. Put them all on roller skates. Well, yeah, red pandas. That's a roller skate. I love roller skate. That's what they're all about. Uh, so oh, we're a train. We're a train. 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 <laughs> And it, yeah, we, we we went by, and the first time we went by, there everything was like quiet on on the red panda front. But we looped around and came by again, and then oh, it was just like action ahoy. They were they were wrestling. There was uh, some major like leaping onto dad, and hmm. and uh, a lot of lot of hop fun. on popping. Ah, you hop on popping exactly. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and they did it for quite a while. No, oh, that's great. And it seemed like no one was around, and then when people came, they settled down, and you're just kind of like, oh, you just missed, but you don't want to say that to people, oh, you just missed the greatest part of the, oh, too bad for you. Yeah. Sorry. Last, time I, w- last time I went was with 
it was a long time ago because mm-hmm. it was with uh, my mom's boyfriend before this guy, um, who she's married to now, uh, and he wanted to bring his uh, granddaughter along. Okay, and so I ended up being the guy to entertain the granddaughter, mm. but and he was the guy who con- consistently threw the because we it was fun. But like he was constantly going like it's pretty fun, huh? This is good, huh? Like it was like a lot of that. It was just like she's not wanting to buy the zoo. Yeah. Like you made the sale. Knock it off. It's fine. So everything's great. Oh, that's hilarious, huh? Yeah, it's good. Stop it. We're just all enjoying yeah. the things. Let's just watch Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. I guess not. I guess I that can kind of I guess show like a lack of co- connection, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not Could you sign this form saying you're having a good time? <laughs> Please let your mother know that I entertained you. That's right. And we're going to notarize this. And <laughs> that's good. And how many giraffes did you see? You saw four. Yeah, there was right. four. It's four giraffes. Don't put three. Yeah, yeah I know. Just because one didn't come up to us doesn't mean we didn't see it. That's right. Here, I made a text. Just, I'm going to send this to your... just says, I'm having fun, Mom. Okay, I'll send that to her. Okay. All right, and put that there, and and remember we we ate those eggplants, so put a bunch of eggplants there as well. No, yeah, we had eggplants and peaches. We had the 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 side of the road. We Uh-oh. stopped at a little we market. Had, we had some water as well. <laughs> put some water drops in there too. Yeah, and that's how he ended up never seeing his granddaughter again. And that's why I, I I didn't go back to the zoo. No, I like the zoo fine. It's just that you know it's uh, it's far. Far, far away. It is quite. A, it is quite a distance. It, you're mm-hmm. right. It is quite a ways away. I mean, it's really close. Where, where For I live. you, yeah, it's very close. Like if they, if they, if something happens and they all get out, yeah, they're going to end up in your backyard. Here's how close it is. We don't go there. Yeah, that's how close it is. That makes sense. Yeah, we never go there. It's so close. Why would you go there? Yeah, it's so strange to me. In uh, when I'm walking through Stanley Park, uh, I always forget about the old zoo. And then, yeah. I'll, and, and then I'll walk by like the polar bear enclosure mm-hmm. or whatever and just be like, what the? Oh, the, the penguin what's this enclosure, weird, yeah. yeah, what's this futuristic, <laughs> weird, like it's so Logan's run. Yeah. And like, okay, yeah, that's where this, where this was. Why don't you guys get rid of this? Like, I mean, I like old stuff and I'm yeah. glad it's here. It looks neat. Yeah. But they don't position it like, this looks neat, huh? Mm-hmm. It's just something completely forgotten. It's yeah, just yeah. there. It's covered in enough stuff that no one's maintaining it. But they're not getting rid of it. I saw it on TV a while ago. They had a scene where people were at the zoo. And they were using the zoo as a, a backdrop for this sequence. Mm-hmm. And it was like the polar bear or penguin area there. Yeah. And then, and it looked, you know, obviously they just kind of spruce it up a little bit for the the show. Maybe that's why they haven't torn it down. You get rid of the moss and what? I mean, yeah. If you want something <laughs> futuristic looking, you go to SFU or yeah. this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally of its era, brutalist architecture of, of that time period, nineteen seventies. Lots of concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then do they have the do they have the whale sculpt the, the whale sculpture there? That's last time I was there, they did the Bill Reed. Yeah, yeah. Last time I was that's, there, they that's had a beautiful. It. Uh, yep. Yeah. It was wrapped up for the longest time, mm. which was always strange. It was just like, what do yeah. you think it is? <laughs> oh, I hope it's a guitar. I asked for a guitar. I was like, no, whale sculpture. Fine. Oh, darn. I can't think of that artist. There's an artist who used to like wrap things up. That was his That was his bit. Okay. That was his... Chance the Rapper? No. <laughs> he is an artist. I and get... he is a rapper. Sure. Okay. But this was a. Did he write the number three on it? This was like a modern artist too. Chance literally, the rapper is very modern. Literally wrapped things in like big sheets and stuff oh, yeah, like that. that yeah, I remember that. Christo. Okay, that's his name, Christo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember there was a 
Les Blank. He invented the Monte Cristo sandwich. Do you know Les Blank, the documentarian? Name sounds familiar. He did um, Burden of Dreams, the documentary. He did a couple of Werner Herzog ones, because he did Burden of Dreams about Werner Herzog insanely pulling a paddle yes. wheeler up a mountain. And they did a the parody side. of that on... Um, Mm. On a documentary now this, okay, this sure. time around. Well, it's good they did a parody of Les Blank because he's pretty famous. They probably did an Errol Morris parody if you've as got well. CB- if anyone out there is in Canada, yeah. uh, CBC Gem has all of those on there. Mm. And so, um, yeah. So he did Burden of Dreams, but he also did Werner Herzog Eats His Own Shoe, mm. if, which is, of course, when Herzog... Yeah, what was the bet he lost on? Was it wasn't a bet, but he was trying to, he was trying to uh, encourage Errol Morris to finish Thin Blue Line. I believe was a film that Morris was working on at that time, and of course he was dithering and taking a long time, and so and so uh, Herzog said, "If you finish it, I will eat my shoe," and he did finish it, and so Herzog, at a film festival, ate his shoe and uh, Blank recorded it. But there's a uh, there's a documentary that Blank did called The Maestro, and it was about this artist who lived in Southern California, and his thing was to paint in in kind of not modern, so but kind of like sort of 20th century art styles to incorporate them into like cowboy or rural painting mm-hmm. styles. And he dressed like, he dressed like Hopalong Cassidy or, or whoever, like he wore like chaps and had six shooters on his side and a big cowboy hat and stuff like that. He had like, it's all part of his like persona that he, he did. And, and one of the things he did in, in the documentary was when Christo had his umbrella, um, his umbrella thing, whatever they call it. Yeah. When you have an artist installation, Exhibition. installation, okay. yeah. Um, the guy, this maestro went there and he shot one of the umbrellas with a with a red dot, like a red die from a gun, Ooh. like a playing like a you know uh, yeah. that tag, what's it called? <laughs> Paint. Paintball. Paintball, yeah. So he shot this paintball at it and spattered made this big red mark on it, and Les Blank was not happy about it, which was interesting because to him, ah. the 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 maestro was was. Desecrating someone else's art, you know. To the maestro, he was defending his territory. He's like, "Well, this guy came into my, into the maestro's, you know, backyard, and he's trying to like take over this area. So I'm going to make my mark on his art." And it's sort of interesting that they had this disagreement in the documentary about him doing this. He still filmed it, but he wasn't a ha- wasn't happy that he did it. And I thought that was kind of interesting. It's a, it's an interesting documentary, uh, but it, it's one of those ones where you're like. This is someone who's very, I mean, he's very driven in his art and stuff like that. But basically, he was supported by his wife, mm. his long-suffering wife. <laughs> and he just kind of felt like, oh, you know, maybe, I don't know. I guess it's a, you know, it's good you're doing art, I guess. Right. You're Vincent van Gogh-style paintings of tractors. But at the same time. But the, the wife doesn't get an ear out of it. Whereas, <laughs> That's right. You know. The prostitute got an ear out of it from... Boy, I bet that ear is worth something now. I hope she kept it. <laughs> Mama fight it. Yeah. Anyway, it's worth worth seeking out. Bus <laughs> Blank, the maestro. It's been a long time since I watched it, though. My gosh, we still lived in the townhouse. What oh, is that right? Yeah. What are you still I'm just giggling. Year? I'm giggling at like I'm. I've got half a joke in my head. <laughs> Trying to get. I got right? half a joke in my head, and mm. it's not a real joke. Mm. And I understand that, but it still makes yeah. me giggle. Okay. <laughs> And it was uh, it was just like for some reason it was just like the Van Gogh thing. It was just like was this his left ear? And uh, it was like no, it was his right ear right now. And I, I don't know why that just was just making me laugh. <laughs> really making There's you no laugh. No other I wanna be right ear right now. And just Van Gogh singing that as he delivers the ear. 
<laughs> but I think it was his left ear. So, you know, the joke doesn't work. What? I think you're right. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'm oh, now oh, picturing the, the, I saw the painting. Yeah. I saw it live. But did he paint it looking in a mirror? Oh, so now it could be either nice. way. <laughs> it could be either way. Here right. comes the mirror man. <laughs> you know what got me into a pun mood there? Was I was just like going over to just double check something that I needed to check on. Mm. All of a sudden, this this lovely picture just popped up. Okay. Of uh, of our friend Louise. Okay. And uh, her sister Jackie uh, yeah. put her put her portrait up on uh, on on uh, Facebook, and uh, they had because we're we're recording this on May the fourth. Oh, so of course, yeah. May the fourth be with you. Mm. Uh, and uh, they 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 did what they usually do, which is pun themed meal based on Star Wars. So, okay. So there's a scruffy-looking Nerf Herder burger. Okay, that sounds good. There's a Rose, and then in brackets, Mary, Tico Poe, Poe, P-O-E, it's in Poe from the uh-huh. Tato's, okay. Death Star Cookies, and then they made a Flan Solo. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. That's a house full of fun and It puns. really is. Yeah. A lot of fun. Oh, I didn't thank, did I thank you, Louise, for the cookies? I hope I get oh, I'm glad you finally got the damn cookies. <laughs> We've got such a horrible history of, uh, of of Louise dropping off delicious cookies here, and then uh, uh, both of us forgetting to give yeah. Dave the cookies. Dave forgetting to take them, me forgetting to give them. Yeah. And then, like you know, months later, all of a sudden we're looking at our Guy Fox Day cookies, and it's like, <laughs> oh boy, gotta check those out. <laughs> remember, remember. Ah, why don't I? The one cookie I should remember. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe gunpowder gun tea. The reason I said that about that was it, it's just so funny to me that they do this, and it's really just for them. Like it's really well, they then take a picture for that's true. Now, social media. Now that now that Facebook has started, they can they can. And spread Jackie the good, is a teacher who teaches cool kids. She does. So now she's the cool teacher who makes all the Star Wars things, and the kids go, "What's Star Wars?" <laughs> and they go, "Oh, that's." Do you think kids? Kids know what Star Wars is. Well, they got the uh, they got the Disney Plus, so yeah. they know it's they know it's a category on Disney Plus. Where they, they think you much. were a weirdo is if you keep calling the the first film Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, "What?" And you're like, "Oh, you know, Star Wars." Blah blah blah. And they're like, "Do you mean a New Hope?" And then you're like, "Oh, Ugh. yeah." And then they go, "Why is it a New Hope if it's the first thing? Like, where was the bad?" I was like, "Ah." Oh. Well, they, didn't they do the first one first? No, they did the <laughs> fourth one. Oh, it's, it's horrible math. Well, there was no empire for the first the, in the prequels, though. There's no empire. Okay. Well, so no, this, there's when, yeah, yeah. When the second one the starts, empire. we're like the idea is that yeah, there's a new, there's a some sort of new hope, a possibility that the empire could be. I gotta say, there's way. times where I'm watching something like The Mandalorian. And someone will mention, like, so when does this take place? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't fucking know. You know, all of a sudden, then a young Luke Skywalker shows up. And mm. it's like, yeah, I guess so. I guess. I guess some, all right, I kind of get it a yeah. bit. Before he goes, I'm going to grow a crazy beard. <laughs> like, that was his time. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Technology stays exactly the same. It doesn't matter. That was the one thing. One of the things that really bugged me in Phantom Menace was like, oh, I wonder what tech's like back then. The same exactly the same no one comes up with a new design for shit mm. like nothing it's, well, it's actually better the same it's actually better it's a little cleaner yeah yeah like that's that uh spaceship from what's your face's planet naboo yeah that's way better than anything <laughs> they had yeah and then so you get into it's like a it's like a like a I don't know. What then you get it for, your force un- oh, awakens, right? And you're like, oh boy, here we go. Let's see what things are like in the future. That that's yeah. the same. 
Okay, so, uh, you know, it's been a number of years since whatever the evil version of the Empire has, yeah. like, uh, you know, had to fight Jedis with their lightsabers. Mm. I bet lightsaber tech's going to be different. No, same. Everything's the well, same. Well, I could see lightsaber tech being the same. Yeah, no fixes on that. Like, it, it felt like in the early ones, they were all trying new things. Like, you got Darth Maul going, I got a double one. <laughs> and then, and I guess, I guess, what's his name? You know, Adam Driver's character uh schnaz schnaz dooley i think was his name yes. um, he his uh his sword was a little different i think when he turned it on mm-hmm. like it had yeah it had the two the two side things oh it had the side bits like the hilt it was almost like a hilt yeah we that's not what a, more dangerous that's not what a hilt does yeah that's not good <laughs> that's not it doesn't help you in any way that, that well, just i assume that that's also a laser thing going there so if someone if someone's lightsaber slipped down towards you that would also stop stop the lightsaber from hitting you in the hand it's strange when you see sometimes in star wars where they'll have like a little jedi academy right mm. and you know and again it's sad that all those kids got killed but anyway um <laughs> but you have like a little jedi academy and so you got yeah. all the little kids and they're all adorable mm-hmm. and they got their little lightsabers yeah that's and just right. like holy shit yeah this seems like the worst idea in the world like, <laughs> just imagine just imagine like little tiny kids right. and like we're handing them all the sharpest blades yeah. possible. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to learn how to use these today. Like, give them sticks. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? No, not at all, you stupid Jedis. Although I remember in high school, senior high school, senior high school, let me uh, put the stress on that. We were issued exacto uh, blades in class okay. to do some sort of cutting and we were all warned to be very careful because these are very dangerous and very sharp. And I proceeded to stab myself in the arm. <laughs> just, to, just to feel something? No, I just, I just moved too quickly and then I just I stabbed myself. Of course you did. Fully, put the, the, speaking of hilts, I put the entire blade in my arm right up to the hilt. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, oh quite, the, it was quite the stab. Oh my God. <laughs> did they take it away? No, I just didn't say that I did that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to admit did to the you, teacher uh, that you... Uh, just, did, you just, uh, did you just get a band-aid, or what'd you do? I just used some Kleenex or something just to did staunch you? the... You didn't use, like, duct tape or some shit, right? Uh, no, I was... Because that's toxic. Be very careful. Oh, is that right? I didn't oh, know very that. much so. Oh. Yeah, there's stuff on duct tape that is a very bad idea to put oh. on an open wound. Yeah, I didn't know that. very, very, very bad. How about masking tape? Okay. No, I don't know. No, it's <laughs> probably not good either. How about electrical tape? No, stop saying tape. <laughs> All these things are a bad idea. Uh, huh. cra- crazy glue, yes. Yes, that's crazy okay. glue is fine. Yeah. Okay. But sane glue will kill you. <laughs> wow, that's ironic. Yeah. I always want to say like, that a dangerous as a product thing. is like a sensible glue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, hey, what will it do? Well, it'll do things glue should do. <laughs> but it won't like, you know... You can't hang by your hat from a girder like a... Yeah, yeah. You know, why? Because that's crazy. It won't do crazy shit. Yeah. Like, okay. What if I have like a wheelbarrow full of bricks and I've got that and I glue them together and then I get underneath it? No. That's crazy. <laughs> Don't do that. But it'll yeah, uh, it mend crazy. something that you want mended. I, sensible. I'm, sensible yeah. uh, glue. I'm still... I'm not entirely sold on crazy glue. If it, it, It's gluing abilities. Have you never uh, glued your uh, hard hat? To something and then <laughs> then hung from it. No, I haven't, and I seriously doubt that it is also glued. I think it's probably just a screw that's keeping in a place, and he's he's hanging there. And of course, they're shooting in such a way that looks like he's high up in the air, but he's not. He's not. He's not. No, they wouldn't do that. That'd be yeah. foolish because yeah. he's going to let go of it at some point. Yeah, and, uh, he's got to. He'll fall to his death. Mm. I don't even think like I feel. I feel it'd be strange just that the rim of the hat 
is uh, strong enough to uh, yeah. to hold on to with your fingers when you're a, a, a man who's like 200 pounds probably. In this but if thing. you think about the commercial, it feels like a commercial you'd make for something that doesn't actually work. Mm. Like it feels like a commercial for like the pocket fisherman or something like that where it's... Well, what, what's the pocket fisherman supposed to do? It's a string you drop in the water. Well, no, but it so had that, like a it's works. a rod and reel though. It's it's like a mini. It rod. won't reel it back. It won't take. The I don't think back. it works as well as it yeah. pretends to. Well, you you did you ever hear what Ron Popeil said about uh, the pocket fisherman, like and and people using it that they shouldn't. Yeah, it's not meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it's used. not meant to be used. Yeah, it's meant to be given. <laughs> it's a gift. Yeah, yeah. And once it's been given as a gift, done. Like, don't use it. But it's like you've got to yeah, give yeah. your dad something. I love that as a as a as yeah. a thing. Because like they have that record, the record chooser thing. Yes, which I'm sure works. The KTL record selector. The record selector. I want to say record selector, <laughs> uh, even though it's a record selector. Record selector. Record selector. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that worked. I guess, but it's really like. Why would so you? So few albums. So few albums, and why would you use it? It's taking up so much space. You could, you could, you could put like a hundred albums in the space that thing's taking up. Yeah, where you're having a hard time, but like finding your album. <laughs> yes, reading the alphabetical, putting them in alphabetical order, and reading the spines. Yeah. No one. I mean, if you knew, like when I was growing up, if you knew some, like someone's parent, if they had like a hundred records, you would have been amazed to see that many records in someone's house. True. Amazed, because most people, my dad, my dad liked records, and he bought quite a few of them. But he did not have a hundred of them. No, nope. he maybe had between twenty and thirty records. Yeah, if we if we had fifty records. Yeah, and and you're getting into some weird like you're getting into weird British comedy. Okay, like that he had like when he was a child. I'm okay, sure, yeah, yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's where you you're uh, you're such a big fan of uh, Tony um, Hancock. When I'm cleaning windows, or <laughs> George Formby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you would go to. People, you know, for me, when I went to people's houses, like friends' houses, the first thing I did was I would go to the record, to the, the I go to the stereo and try and see what records were there, and if there were good ones, then I would play them, you know. And good ones were like ABBA, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tijuana, the Herb Alpert or records. Rest in peace, uh, Gordon Lightfoot this week. Gordon Lightfoot was a popular one, especially here in Canada. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, rest in peace indeed. There's a person who died of old, old age, mm-hmm. of no specified, probably heart failure. I liked his uh, description of uh, how he was staying alive. What was that? Which was, it was uh, it, it, like his doctor told him like the notion was motion or something like that. Mm. And he went like, just keep moving. Just okay. keep moving. And like, yeah. I don't know if it works, but that's what I'm doing. I'm still around. <laughs> Good for yeah. him. Good for so him. So someone at one point, probably Burton Cummings, went, hey, stop for a second, Gord. What? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then that was the end of Gordon. Uh, He's like a shark. Yep. Yeah, there's a very good documentary about him that if I watched. You could read uh, my mind. Yeah. It was yeah, just on CBC yesterday, I think. Okay, so good, so good, and it's it's fun to see him. Like, I think he's still living in the same place that he's always lived in, which is like right on. Well, not anymore. Well, not anymore. But <laughs> at the time, the time for the documentary, yeah, he was still living in the same like it's like a like a townhouse kind of, but like on a, like a row house or whatever on on uh, some major street, you know, that would cost so much money now. But at the time, he probably got it for a song. And uh, there's that great scene in uh, the Martin Scorsese documentary about the Rolling Thunder Review, D- Dylan's Rolling Thunder Review, where Joni Mitchell, it's Joni Mitchell, Dylan, uh, Roger McGuinn from the Birds, and one other guy, it might be uh, Bob Newerth, Dylan's friend. 
they're all gathered around Joni Mitchell while at, at Gordon Lightfoot's house while and she's playing uh, Coyote for them, which beat would be on Hajira. But uh, it's so it's so nice to hear. the Hajira version's what I'm used to, so I like it quite a bit. But it's really revelatory to hear her just playing it on acoustic guitar and singing the song. And, uh, and then of course everyone's like trying to figure out the chords and stuff around her <laughs> because she did unusual um, tunings because she had had polio when she was younger. Okay. And so she she didn't have a very strong uh, left hand. And so she couldn't do chords like most people could. So she'd have to like do special tunings to get how she, the songs, how she wanted them to sound. So yeah, it's probably hard if you're playing with her to be watching her hands and going, what? No, what is she doing? <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a fun scene. I recommend it. You can probably find it on YouTube, just like Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Rolling Thunder Review or something like that, and, and just give it a watch. It's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm trying to remember this, the story he was talking about, the, uh, if you could read my mind. And it's like, that was also the name of the album, right? Or was it just the single? I don't know for sure. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to wave to my... Okay, please do. Uh... But uh, if I'm if I'm remembering the story correctly, which I watched yesterday, <laughs> uh, like the album had another title, and then um, it was told by someone like you got to change it too. You know, if you can okay, read my yeah, mind, that's yeah. a single. And uh, and uh, it was like no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and then the, the person said it's algebra, man. It's like what do you mean? It's like okay, so uh, you know your album is X, mm. but like uh, as it is now. But if uh, if you call it if you could read my mind, it's seven X. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and then yeah, it just sold like crazy, mm. and he went. I kept my damn mouth shut after that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, obviously, I was a big fan of of Gordon Lightfoot. I went. My mom, such a big fan. Of, my mom took me to see him when I was in grade four or five. Probably was that grade your first five. concert. That would have been my very first concert. Yeah, yeah. So pretty cool as a first concert mm-hmm. for sure. In fact, all my concert, like my first one by myself, was Motorhead. So that's pretty cool too, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I went to saw Gordon Lightfoot because I loved his music. So it was really great to see him. It was at Queen Elizabeth Theater, which is a very nice place to see someone. It's a very uh, civilized place to see someone. Like you get to sit down and watch the show and and uh, theater or play. Yeah, the theater. Theater. Yeah, Queen yeah. Elizabeth that's where theater. I saw my first concert with yeah, you, Laurie Anderson. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Another good. That's a good, that's a good first concert too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so I think I've talked about it before, but. You know, like I really liked it a lot. Mum was kind of upset because apparently he told some blue jokes during during the show, like or made some, told some stories that maybe had, I don't know, some sort of mention of groupies or whatever. But let's, you know, I was in grade four or five, and so it made I didn't know what he was talking about. Nope, I was there for the songs. <laughs> so yeah, this is great. It was a great experience. It's one of the one of the weirdest things though is that for my parents who were really good at not recognizing their kids uh, for who they were. It was amazing that she did that for me. Like when I think about it, I'm just like, why wasn't that always a thing? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't it always a thing that you would say, oh, my son is this person. So this is what, you know, not, I'm going to fight who this person is <laughs> and, and try and prevent him from being that person, you know. And I mean, thinking about it further, <laughs> she, she probably would, I guess to my mom and dad, because I was a weirdo, they're probably like, if David was less of a weirdo, then he wouldn't be lonely. He would have mm. more friends. Wow. So if we encourage him to be less of a weirdo, but you can't, you can't make someone who they're not, you know. Because if their kids know you're a weirdo, they can recognize you a mile away. You're like a blind dog going in with, you know, it's appearing a bunch amongst other dogs. They're just going to like naturally want to attack you because they recognize that you're, you're, you're wrong. And so 
yeah, you'll find, you'll make friends with other weirdos. Yeah. But you're not going to be like part of the general school population. You know, you'll just be kind of like on the fringes or whatever. But then I'm just saying, uh, then the weirdos end up ruling the world. That's usually the way it goes. For good or ill. <laughs> I guess. You know why? Because they, they got something to prove. Mm. And they attract the other weirdos. And, and, and uh, they've gotten strong. They've gotten strong. So, yeah, you look at politicians who like make it. Yeah. And like they're, they're weirdos for the most part, yeah. you know? Again, for good or bad. I was going to say, for good or bad. Yes. Yes, that's uh, good or bad. Yeah. It's, uh, when you say something, yeah. When I say weirdo, I don't mean like I'm, you know, ooh, I'm so crazy. I just mean like uh, just, you know, yeah. the way my mind worked was different. You're, than... the, uh, you're the outlier. And so you'll <laughs> probably make the thing or you'll be a little, yeah, a yeah. little different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm just going to throw the, this out there. As, uh, the, uh, the album, if you could read my mind, yeah. was originally called Sit Down, Young Stranger. Yeah, I think that's a version I have of it. Yeah, um, I, it was changed later. After mm, the, yeah, the well, it makes sense. Oh, that happened with a lot of records uh, or a lot of albums. The record company gets gets in there and they're like, "Hey, wait, wait a second. Um, yeah, I grew up. My dad had a Don Quixote. I think that's what the album's called. And so that's that's an album I liked a lot. And but it was when I was older, when I was going through my uh, really heavy going to Value Village and buying records <laughs> phase, that I was able to like over time like collect all his records right from his very early early you know folk coffee house albums to his later kind of more polished nashville produced records you know where he'd go and go to nashville that's he was the reason that uh, dylan went went to nashville oh really because he really liked he really liked the sound that uh, gordon lightfoot got oh, nice. uh, playing in nashville and so he he wanted to go there as well and of course they sounded nothing alike no. because they're both two different people and how they work but yeah because Dylan covers Early Morning Rain on on self it's either on self portrait I think it's on self portrait it's either on self portrait or on Dylan the kind of uh, fuck you uh, cut you know album of of offcuts that Columbia put out when uh, Bob Dylan brief, briefly left left the label to go to Asylum Records for one album two albums one album two albums <laughs> he did Planet Waves there and Dave debates himself yeah I can't remember now I'm no expert. I'm taking my drugs, by the way, in front of you. Okay. You showed up a little late, so you get to watch me take the drug. <laughs> there we go. That's hot, man. Yeah. Here it goes. You're gonna. How many? How many pills are in that? Uh... Uh, there were three. Three. Okay. There was a uh, blood thinner that was in there. Yeah. Uh, there was one that uh, slows the heart rate down a little bit. Okay. And one is just for fun. <laughs> you don't know what it does. Yeah. It's random. We'll see. I had a bit of a. Gabagay, gabagoo. I had a bit of a scare last week, or this week. This tell, week, I guess. Tell me about it. I'm well, sorry. I guess the scare was on the weekend. Okay. Because I had, as you know, I had testicular cancer. I've mentioned it many times on the show. Let's say too many times. And I wouldn't say that it's something I think about a lot. But if it's put in the forefront of your mind, then it's sort of a scary thing. Right. And so... Every time someone kicks you in the balls, you, you think about <laughs> Well, the ball. ball. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's really reminds me. And you me. go, could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> this could be double the pain. <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, like for the last couple of weeks, like soaping myself, I felt something down there that was kind of like a pimple or like a, you know, like a, like right. a, like a, what do they call this? Ingrowing hair kind of situation. Sure. That's kind of like nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. And then on the weekend, Lisa and I were, well, just doing, let's say we we're doing some Greco-Roman wrestling okay. and she noticed that there was quite a large lump there in that region. And so I felt it, and I was like, oh, my God, that is really big. Because uh, before, it was just like, kind of felt like, oh, just a little pimple. 
Okay. And now it felt like a mass. And you're like, that's not good. That's kind of worrisome. So I was worried about it on Sunday. And so on Monday, I called the doctor in the morning and explained. And then they very kindly got me in that afternoon. That's an immediate. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went in and it was gone. It was really there. Yeah. On Saturday. Right. And it was there Sunday because I felt it. And then, and then when I went in on Monday, it was gone. And so they said it's probably like a water cyst was what they called it. Okay. And I guess they can come and go. Sure. But, you know, when you're super sensitive to the possibilities. Well, even if you're not super sensitive, <laughs> if you have a lump on your testicle. Yeah. It wasn't testicle, but yeah, yeah. Okay. If you have a lump, if you have if a lump, you have lump, a lump in your anywhere. scrotum, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you probably should get it checked out. You go get, get that yeah. checked out, yeah. So it was kind of embarrassing. One of those things kind of like... Don't be embarrassed. You know, you're like, oh, I had this terrible headache and a big fever. And then I finally got to the doctors and I felt fine. So then you're like, oh, oh, well, sorry to waste your time. <laughs> but anyway, no, they were, they were good about it. This is, a, this is a debate I have with my wife all the time, which is, um, you know, when we're coming out of the doctor's office with like anything that we both get, you know, checked out. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, uh, you know, it's nothing. Yeah. And I was like embarrassed. I was just like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and that's great. That's yeah. the best fucking news in the world. Well, that's exactly right. What a waste of time that was. <laughs> Good. That is a hundred percent. The that you just won the fucking lottery yeah. of 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 things. You know. Yeah. You want to be. You know what? I'm really embarrassed because like yeah. there was no reason to get that checked out. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My colonoscopy was very embarrassing, and you know what? There was nothing there. I didn't have anything wrong. Yeah, I had two cysts that got removed, but they were, they were too, very small and they were nothing. Mm. Yeah, it was a big waste of time. Yay! <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, no, yeah. you're you're right. You're right. It is a good it is a good sign. And yeah. uh, and I'm so dumb. I didn't like. Text. Good luck to everyone with a big waste of time. I hope you all have a big waste of time. I did. I did tell Lisa that I got an appointment, and she was very happy. Good. But I did not text her after the appointment to say all clear or something like that. And so you thought you'd get a nice dinner out of it. Again? I was. I guess I was hoping for some more sympathy. For I was going to like milk it a bit longer, but she came. So she came home in between, like her work, you know, work her work and her work. So right. in between teaching at school and then going to teach someone a writing lesson, she came came home and then I said, oh, I said all clear, and uh, she was so happy, like so happy. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, every day since then, every day since Monday, so we're now we're on Thursday. She'll just go. I'm so happy. <laughs> 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 yeah, no kidding. So it's nice that it's uh, yeah, yeah, because it is a worry, and it's something that I've I've thought about. Not you know I don't dwell on it, but I've thought about it in the past. Like it's one thing to get cancer when you're in your early twenties and you're young and you're fit and you're dumb and you don't understand the full ramifications of all of this. It's another thing when you're my age and you're not quite as fit, not quite mm-hmm. as young. And also, you're more aware of the ramifications of all these things. Right. You also got a wonderful friend called the internet. He's going to like, come over here and let me scare the shit out of you. <laughs> I, was, I, don't go, yeah, I don't go there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, good, good smart move. <laughs> but um, Dr. Google is not your friend. Yeah, no, I don't, uh, don't do that. But um, With the one exception of if you get a rash and then just go look up like, okay, what type of rash is this? Mm. All right, there you go. Okay, it's yeah, helpful that way. Good. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. all right, check that out. <laughs> so... Yeah, and I often think, like, could I, would my person, like, my outlook, my my optimistic personality, would it be able to survive, like, kind of, uh, you know, bad news? I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I'll never know until I know, but, uh, yeah. Like, at the time, when I was younger, I was just like, everyone says I'm going to be fine. So, it's obvious I'm going to be fine. Like, why would you even doubt it? But I don't know if I could carry that kind of naivete into uh, my 50s. 
yeah. late fifties. I mean, I had a scare last last month where I got like some like information that was like, oh, well, maybe that's that. It's like, no, that's not what that is at mm. all. That's not that's not that. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I and I did like ask the doctor like, you know, so was there any permanent damage with this? And I was like, no. Like, okay, but you know, this is one of the reasons right now I'm 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 trying to be like a lot healthier mm-hmm. right now because it's like eventually go, hey, dum dum. <laughs> But the way it kind of yeah. it kind of laid out a timetable there, if the thing that I thought I was going to have was was the was the case, mm-hmm. and that was heart related, was uh, I would uh, I would be getting very close to uh, the possibility of like passing away about the same time my dad did. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's there's something that's like in your head mm. that goes like you know when and of course you eat bless and I'm glad uh, you have not had this situation, but for a lot of people it's like. When did your dad pass away? Mm. Okay, then that's an age that like is in your head mm. of just like there's nothing beyond that. Yeah. And for my dad, it was about sixty-one. I think it was. Wow. Yeah. So young. Yeah. Where he got uh, esophageal uh, cancer, mm. and then it spread to his other organs, and that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I got like tested for the, even though we're not biologically related, I did get tested for that like about two years ago, and I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just something that's in your head. Definitely, is like that's the number, that's mm. the thing. Yeah, yeah. And especially, uh, you know, for people whose uh, fathers have died from like heart related things, it's like okay, that's the that's the age, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Yeah, and you gotta like you know watch, watch yourself. Yeah, I feel I feel yeah. Obviously, we've been, I've been really lucky. Most like most of my my grandparents and my mom and dad obviously lived a long long time. My mom's dad passed away. Like in his sixties, I know. say all this while I'm eating candy. Yeah, <laughs> this is like the first candy I've eaten in quite a while. Um, yeah, he passed away in his sixties from heart failure. Just died on the couch after he'd been in, in and out of the hospital quite a few times. And uh, but you know, different times, different different technology, mm-hmm. different outcomes. And at that time, and yeah, he just passed away. But uh, you know, there wasn't knock, beta block beta blockers probably. Back yeah, probably. Yeah, nothing like that. And so Knockwood, you know, my family, we've been pretty lucky. No one's this, this had that This was one s- of the symptoms. things, just, sorry to interrupt with this, but it's one of the things when I was looking up like, okay, what I had and what were, is like almost all the studies are basically from the 50s. Okay. And the technology, as you say, was not at all. Mm. You know, there were no beta books. There were no... Yeah. There's other, there's, and the techniques that have advanced since then are just radically different. So it's a very, very different story. Yeah. Even if I did have the thing that I, that I don't. But yeah, the same thing with most things with heart failure is like, yeah, it was, it was a different uh, deal back then. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of funny when I, oh, see, I keep bringing this up, but when I when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Fine, I'll give you five bucks every time you bring it up. <laughs> um, so my. I think it would help our Patreon. My reaction right? like, is. Like, f- just the sympathy. Sure, you'd think so. Man, come on, guys. It goes uh, down. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, sorry about the cancer bore. Uh, so, but, um, like, you know, like you say, Dr. Google or whatever, a different at that time, but Lisa's instinct was to go to books and find out about cancer and read about cancer. And mine was not, mine was just kind of like, well, let's listen to what the doctor says and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And, but I also had another friend, uh, another Ian and he, um, his was also go to the books. And so he brought out this book and he's like, well, here's a book about cancer and stuff like that. And so we're reading about it. But it was from 1902. Yeah. So it's really like the least helpful thing mm. you could possibly read. Because at that time, testicular cancer's survival rate was about 5%. You know, 
you know, like mm-hmm. that was it. It was because it, it went. It's such an aggressive cancer, right? And the other people get run over by a horse because <laughs> there's so many of them on the street. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's really, um, yeah. So, oops. There's a lot of tech, even post World War One, like the twenties thir- thir- and thirties. That that survival rate went, went up quite a bit because that's when chemotherapy started to. Because chemotherapy is uh, comes out of mustard gas research during World War One. So they just discovered. That the poisons, how they acted wow. on on the fast-growing cells in the body. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. So you had this major, and so of course every generation or so, there's all these um, big improvements. And of course we have here in Canada, we have the Terry Fox Foundation, which has done an incredible amount of research into uh, cancer uh, cures and stuff like that, to such a degree that Terry Fox probably wouldn't have died of cancer the way he did because of the awareness and the amount of money that was raised in his in his name i'm so i'm sorry that he passed but that sounds like an amazing legacy <laughs> it is an amazing legacy yeah. hey yeah. i mean even still if here and in, in, I mean, if people don't know who terry fox is uh, people from who aren't from canada he was a, a young man mm-hmm. who when he was starting at university was uh diagnosed with cancer and uh, not too sure exactly what kind of cancer it was but it uh he lost his leg his leg was cut off at uh at the knee so he lost, uh, but he was a runner, so that was kind of sad for him. But he decided that he was going to uh, take this bad thing and make it into something good. And bone, bone cancer. Bone cancer, yeah. And so he decided to, he was going to run across Canada, which is about 5,000 miles, I think, or 5,000 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he started back east. He started in Newfoundland because his dream was to dip his toe in the Atlantic Ocean, which he did. And he also took some water from the Atlantic Ocean. And he was going to, Carry that water all the way across Canada. And so he started in Newfoundland, and no one knew who he was. Like, this was not a sponsored event. He had right. no, no backers or anyone, anything like that. By Quebec, he got thirsty. <laughs> and he drank that. Drank it. No, one, no, one, no one begrudged him. Why, why are you drinking ocean <laughs> water, people? The the That's the problem. Uh, yeah, he had a friend in a motorhome that followed him, you know, with his blinkers going so, people, so he would be safe on the roads. And he just started running. He just, and he had a, you know, he was running with a, with a fake leg. So he was dealing with a, with a, um. So you're calling him a cheater? He was, uh, well, this is like old prosthetic legs, not new prosthetic legs. This is like right. clunky, yeah. worse than. You're not standing at the side of the road going, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it's not, yeah, it's not like that bouncy spring thing that yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my people use now, right? Like. Like this was a this was a, a you know leg that he's clunking along. Oh, in it was a yeah. Caused a, a huge you know sore on his knee, and he had to like take off the thing every night and soak soak his knee, and it was just it's you know anyway. So he ran from Newfoundland through the Maritimes through Quebec into Ontario, and as as he went, it became more and more known what was going on, and it became more and more you know acclaimed. And by the time he got to to Ontario, people were amazed and. You know, were lining the streets as he ran and stuff like that. But unfortunately, when he got to Ontario, the cancer returned and he had to go back to British Columbia, right. where he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, so he never got to finish his planned run. He never got to his dream of running all, all the way across Canada to the, and to the Pacific. And the amount of running he did every day, it was basically a marathon every day that he ran. I think it was nine miles a day or some crazy thing like that yeah. that he ran. I can only think of miles because this is back in the old days when we still measured stuff in miles. But anyway, so maybe it was more than that. Maybe like thirty miles a day. I can't remember. Sorry, I watched something about it recently, but the numbers don't. The numbers didn't stick in my brain. But uh, so here in Canada, it's still like an amazing, 
an amazing thing. He's like a real big, he's a big hero here in British Columbia and across Canada. There's a high school named after him. The family started a foundation in his name when he passed away and they've raised like $400 million for, for cancer research. Every year, kids in British Columbia do the Terry Fox Run, which is a... Yeah which is a charity run where they raise money for cancer My research. My uh, went to Terry Fox School. Oh, yeah, there you go, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's a, he's a big deal here in Canada. And uh, I can't remember where I was going with this, but I just thought I'd explain it anyway. Yeah. Where was I going with it? Who knows? It's not important. It had something to do with something. <laughs> oh, because we were talking about cancer research. Yeah, cancer research and, like, that is uh, <laughs> it's fundraising. Uh, the torch got, got taken up a little later on by... Uh, it was a little less successful. It was more successful than less successful uh, by a fellow named Steve Fanio. Yeah, um, and uh, he he uh, went he he did the run. Mm-hmm. He ran across uh, Canada, and then uh, afterwards there were some troubles. Yes. Uh, but if you end the story with him, uh, he also had uh, bone cancer. And uh, if you end the story with uh, him, he wrote, raised a lot of money. Let's give him that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to see him um, running once upon a time. We were on a band trip, and he was friends with uh, someone who uh, I knew, who he fancied. Okay. And uh, so we got to stop, and they um, had a conversation. And it was actually one of the most beautiful images that I'd ever seen, which was, we're in the mountains, yeah. and the sun was just coming up. I just saw him like running down the road in this like real northern town. Like mm. there was no one on the road. It was <laughs> just everything was covered in dew. Sun was coming up. It was uh, just beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful images ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just like stunning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he didn't want to do it at a certain point, and his dad was forcing him to do it. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then he completed it. Yay. And then we end the story there, and yeah, everything's fine. Let's stop there. Yeah. We, we don't need to know anymore. But that's the, that's the story of, that's yeah. the glory of <laughs> Steve Fanyan. Well, that's the thing. You don't need I mean, to watch any uh, yeah. uh, Alan Zweig uh, documentaries. You don't need to <laughs> Google anything. You're fine. I mean, you could. I mean, it's great what Terry Fox did, but you don't know what is after after that would have been like either. It's you know, it's really easy to be a hero just a, for one day. A, be a, a spotless hero when you yep pass away young. Yep. You don't have to like bear that. Think that of all legacy. the historical <laughs> figures that you really admire. What do they have in common? Yeah, that's that's it. No, no third act. Feet of clay. Mm. Yeah, I mean we're human, so yes, we are. There's going to be mistakes, and that's right. Things are going to happen. And... As the song says, we're only human, born to make mistakes. And I don't remember the name of the band, but <laughs> you know, it was a band, and it was someone's first concert. And uh, Gordon Lightfoot would have been better. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, rest in peace, Gordon Lightfoot. Ah, Gordon Lightfoot, great guy. I guess maybe who knows. Also had feet of clay. Maybe. He had light feet. I know that much. It's interesting in that documentary. There's that they're playing one of his songs. If it, maybe early morning rain, one of those songs, and he's like mad at it. Yeah. And he's like, because the song is basically one of those kind of songs. Like I'm a tra- I'm a rambling guy. I got to ramble on. Sorry, babe. Sorry to have sex with you and then leave. Oh, but that's, that's what you get for loving me. That's what you get. For, maybe that's what you get for loving me. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like so mad at that song. He's just like, this is a bullshit song. Why? Because it's bullshit. This is just an excuse. These are bad excuses for bad behavior. Oh no! I don't think the, the, I don't <laughs> think I think the guy's just an asshole, like a pure asshole. Yeah. In that song, yeah. Yeah, that's. But I mean, he's writing about it as. But to him, that song was how he saw, saw himself then, as this guy who has to keep on rambling, moving on. You know, can't can't stay in one place. Won't think about you when I'm gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh no. I mean, he's he's clearly the villain of the song because the, the song <laughs> is just like that's what you get for loving me. That's what you get. Yeah. Everything you have is gone, as you can see. That's what you get for loving me. And then and then the end of it, the the end bit is, uh, you know, and when uh, you know uh, when you know you've moved on, I might come back this way again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting his anger at that song. Oh wow! Try yeah, to... I uh, again, I had like a very complicated relationship once upon a time, and it was on the mixtape uh, of that, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, this is appropriate. This is this is, this is absolutely appropriate. But there's a, there's another song that was on that too, and it's funny. Like when I I posted something on Twitter recently about, about you know him passing away and how much I I did like I did like that song because mm-hmm. I've got you know semi good memories about it. Uh, but then someone someone uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, posted, uh, you know, I'm not saying that song, and that's the other song that's kind of a jerk song. Okay, it's like I'm not saying I not love you. I'm not saying that mm, uh, yeah, yeah. that you love me. Uh, and it's a maybe, maybe these things will work out. Maybe they don't. I don't know. You know who yeah, knows? Eh, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's just weird to have like a love song where almost all the love songs are, uh, you know, I'm gonna love you forever. And eh, you know, <laughs> some, you never know. Some stuff might go down. And and uh, actually, it was the cover of it by Nico. That uh, that the person put up, and that's also a good version. Mm, mm. I liked uh, in in that documentary, Burton Cumming. Burton Cumming cracks me up. Uh, that yeah. guy, that guy just has the weirdest, odd sense of humor. Like, <laughs> but he was saying it was uh, if you could read my mind, mm. and so like, yeah, someone covered that. Who was that? And then they just show like twenty five covers, famous <laughs> covers of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, what was? <sighs> well, Early Morning Rain was also a, big, a much covered song in the '60s as well. It's one kind of one of those folk, folky songs that every every self-respecting folky would know that song, you know, and have it in their repertoire. Yeah, pull it out any time. Ian and Sylvia would be the main. They're the ones who had the big hit with it here in Canada. I don't know if it was a hit for them in the states. I don't know, and I don't care. But they're the ones who. Uh, when he was young and still uh, on the on the scene, trying to make break, find a break, they're the ones who who did a cover of that. That's what you need when you're a Canadian artist, I guess. I'm just looking right now at like the amount of people that did cover. You know, if if you could uh, if you could read my mind mm. and uh, attention. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they could beat his version though, because his version isn't just great because of his voice and. But oh boy, his his vo- his voice is great. But also his guitar playing and the arrangement is so great too. It's a, it's a great arrangement of that song. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did the arrangement, but he often did his own arrangements as well. Okay, so you got uh, you know Johnny Cash, Olivia Newton-John, Don Williams, Glenn Campbell, the Spotniks, Barbara Streisand, Neil Young, Don McLean, Andy Williams. It just keeps, it just goes for millions. Sure, years. sure. Yeah, why not? It's, it's a, a great song. It's a great song. It's a fun song to sing. Mm-hmm. It's a, I've, I've sang it at karaoke, and it's like <sighs> it's just yeah, feels good to sing it. Yes, I, it's funny that. So you're not going to sing it as well as him because he's got that he's mm. got that odd voice. Well, that great baritone, the sort of pitch between you know partway between a tenor and a bass, which is interesting because I do not like deep voice singers very much. That mm. Doesn't appeal to me as a sound, but I really like his voice. So I guess he's not, he's not quite deep enough though. He's a little up there. Okay. So it's not uh, it's not obnoxious. Like someone like Leonard Cohen does not do it for me at all. No. Just doesn't like meh. No. When we uh, when we again get let's get back to my cat. Yeah. My cat's name is Cohen. Uh, and the cat was named before uh, we uh, got him. We got mm. him when he was eight. And uh, we're like, we got to change this name. He's not Cohen. That's not right. Mm-hmm. It's like they were huge Leonard Cohen fans because Cohen's okay. so deep and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
I was like, nah. And so we've, we've tried to change it every so often. It doesn't work. Snaps back. Goes back. <laughs> yeah, we tried Coco. We tried Bubba. We tried many a name. Nope. Sorry. Well, those are nicknames. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. You just can't change his name, though. Can't. Yeah. There's also, speaking of Leonard Cohen, this thing about documentaries. There's a great documentary from the 60s. It's a, it's a Canadian film bird documentary about Leonard Cohen. And it's just him, like... In Montreal, like doing playing in like little coffee houses and stuff like that. And he's still part, still mostly a poet. Yeah. And just kind of starting his singing, singing songwriting career. It's really interesting. He's a good, he's a, he's a fascinating person. Cool. Even if you're not like a big fan of his music, it's still, it's still well worth watching. Partly for him and partly to see like Canada in the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fascinating to see this uh, alien world that we live in. I would like to see it, and I would like to see a parody of it done, please, on Doctor <laughs> They could do it, yeah, because, I mean, you know, he was known for his, as a novelist at that time. Cause oh, he'd really? Written, well, he'd written Beautiful Losers and one I other... I didn't know that, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. He wrote two novels, um, at least one of them in, in, on an island in Greece, which sounds like a pretty good <laughs> place to write a novel. But he wrote a couple of novels, and they didn't, you know, I'm sure they did okay in Canada or whatever, but at the time, you know, you have to, it takes a while to get a writing career going and i think he was too impatient for that and then you know he was inspired by bob dylan and, and like the co- and, and the folk scene and stuff like that and so he started writing his own songs and and uh, like putting his poetry to words basically or sorry putting his poetry to music i should say putting his poetry to words before that his poetry was all music and then he put words to it people went what <laughs> what are you trying to say yeah and so he uh yeah he started this career but you know like any musician of that time period like you needed someone to like recognize your talent yeah you know like kind of like Ian Sylvia did with Gordon Lightfoot or and Johnny Cash and people like that uh it was all you know you need like I think it was uh Judy Collins with with um Leonard Cohen she did she covered Suzanne and a few couple other songs by him and then there's other people who covered songs by him like uh Noel Harrison and people and that when puts money in your pocket yeah because you're getting the songwriting royalties but also brings you to the attention of record companies yeah. and then he got signed and then he did it makes uh, it seem a little legit like hey yeah the adults are noticing you mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah let's get some songs out of this guy these are all really great songs apparently once again it just goes over my head i remember like i had a teacher a professor at uh at university mm-hmm. she loved leonard cohen she'd always like start talking about him and stuff <laughs> like that and i just like right over my head i just feel like i don't i i respect <laughs> I respect your, <laughs> your what you, you know. I respect that you love this guy, but it does not uh, does not make any sense to me. So sorry. Yeah, it's uh, he's fine, and uh, so Steve found you, and everything's fine. <laughs> we'll stop there. Yeah, we'll stop there. Stop there, and we're all stopping. Here's an interesting thing about Leonard Cohen that he spent like the last ten years, almost the last ten years of his life, in a Buddhist monastery. Yeah, it's a mon- but then all his money was stolen by his manager, uh, and it turned out he wasn't quite he hadn't quite reached total. Freedom from need, from like, you know, he yeah. it actually... He made his uh, manager one with everything, <laughs> which he... was, uh, wait, is that power of attorney? Yeah, oh, I got, got that confused with a Zen-like state. So then he My had, mistake. so the last years of his life were spent on the road touring, trying to like get get uh, money back again, so too bad. There's a, bit of, there's a bit of me when I hear that and just go like, well, what were you spending your money on at the monastery? Like He, wa- he wasn't. Okay, but that's His manager thing. stole his money. No, I know. 
But then, like, so what's it affect you? Oh, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Like, I can't pay my monk bills? I don't know. I don't know what he... Like, you can't get the good room at the monastery? Maybe like, it, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's getting a lot of uh, yeah. Uber Eats. Had a nice, had a nice I view. I mean, didn't have Uber. Yeah. <laughs> he had a nice view. And then, yeah, then this, all the money was gone. Now, what, what do I do? Yeah, like, John Gray's there with him and, uh, you know, is taking the good room. John Gray was a monk who wrote uh, Men Are From Mars, <laughs> Women Are From Venus. I don't think he was a Buddhist monk, though, was he? I don't uh, know. I think he not. was like a Catholic monk. There was a there was another there's another monk that's uh, popular right now who also is writing relationship advice uh, books that are uh, like number one right now. That's and, not, I'll, and I'll tell you more about that later. That's not Richard Rohr, is it? Brr, I don't know. Okay, but he's a person who does some stuff, and I can't tell you more than that. But I'll tell you <laughs> off the air. Anyway, um, but anyway, a monk's uh, giving advice is uh, about seems, ladies. It seems it's odd. still a thing. Yeah, it seems odd. I do. I do listen to a podcast with Richard Rohr, who is a monk. But I don't. What's know the if... podcast called? Oh, come what? What? Well, uh, oh. Why are you asking me questions I have okay, to answer? All right, fair enough. Let me let me look on my podcast app now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry, did you want to bring my up the cancer gosh, again? Everyone. Jesus. All right, uh, it's another name for everything is, is what it's called. Richard Rohr is this? R O H R. Let's go look at this. And he's recently Oh no, it's a completely different person. Okay. He's recently published a book. That's why I was thinking about it. I, I was I was going like, but he's really quite deep. So <laughs> yeah, this, is, <laughs> this, to this say. is fine. This other person is fine. Okay. Too. Everything's fine. Okay. Everyone's good. Here's what I think is the thing about monks and relationships yeah. and whatnot. Is like uh, when you're going on a date and just like, hey, and so uh, what do you do for a living? Well, I haven't done uh, much in a long time. You see, <laughs> I'm a monk. And uh, and then the person goes, huh, mm. this sounds interesting. Yeah. And then they get a little uh, relationship, have a little fun, and the monk's doing well. And it's like, yeah, because you said you were a monk. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's new. That's interesting. Mm. You know, uh, and uh, and that's what it is. So we all can't do that. So I was gonna say. So that is, is the first piece of it. Relationship advice is be yeah, interesting. Say, yeah, be interesting. Be fascinating, or be something they have not uh, yeah. been through before. Yeah, and also you're like a challenge to them too. They're like, I yeah. bet you this guy hasn't had sex for quite a while. Yeah, Maybe right, I could be the person. Right before I ended up like uh, going out with my wife, uh, you were a monk. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> but like one of the uh, last dates I had okay. was someone I, I just kind of met online and we were talking and uh, did you want to go uh, grab something? I was like, all right, let's go. Ahead. And um, uh, it turns out she was a mayor of a small town. Okay. Yeah. And there was a lot, there was a story behind it, which is basically like she wanted to buy this house and she couldn't buy this house unless something happened. And so she, she was like, uh, you know, this isn't like, for some reason there was like, like maybe like two other families that lived in this town. Mm. It was so small. Yeah. And I was like, well, the town doesn't count as this, so we can't do this and we can't do that. It was like, and we don't even have a mayor. It's like, what if I'm the mayor? Well, you got to fill out the forms. And so she filled out the forms and she became the mayor. And then because she was the mayor, she could buy the house and she bought the house. And so that's where she lives. But she loves coming to Vancouver and, uh, and so, yeah, we were, we were going to go on this thing. And then she wanted to go skiing. And I was like, I don't ski. And that was kind of the end of that. But <laughs> but, but uh, it was like, huh, oh, no. that'd be interesting to date a mayor. Yeah. Like going out with someone. Well, what'd she do? She's a mayor. Like, that's that's interesting. I guess like, so. That's interesting. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's different. It's whatever. Yeah. If you, if you got that, you got you were, that. You were that close to the seat of power. See, you were like. Suck, you're sucked in yeah, by the power. Yeah, I don't power. know if that would be like a first gentleman type situation or what, what you call the yeah. uh, the mayor's uh, uh, fel, uh, fella. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. A mayor do well. Because <laughs> they call, there's a name, oh, I can't think of the name for like a, 
like in the past when like I'll always be men would be mayor and then the wife would be yeah. like lady mayor yeah i don't know it's hard, it's hard to know interesting your ladyship or because uh, you're your honor if you're the mayor no i guess so so you get honorific as well you get yeah. something yeah yeah hmm. so anyway uh I hope, I hope she's doing well <laughs> i think things worked out for me i hope they're working out for the mayor thinking of s- small towns and stuff like that i i on my in, in my instagram feed i started getting these my Instagram feed is absolute anarchy, but I start, so I started getting these like um, these reels that are they're called like dot, the uh, dying Midwest, okay, or something like that, or decaying Midwest. And I guess this person goes around and he just like tours like abandoned malls or abandoned hotels okay. and stuff like. And there's a lot of that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like how many like just dead malls there are. Yep. And you can see like, and they're not. It's not like the plate. The area has nothing happening. Like there's one. He's like in this dead mall and there's like nothing in it and then they're looking at the window and there's all this traffic tearing by on this interstate but no one wants to go to the mall i guess and then he stayed overnight in this old ho- in this abandoned hotel and it's not like not like a motel this is like a 20-story hotel yeah it's it's abandoned it's just crazy like and it's just you're what's happening <laughs> i thought i thought we were have had a like a housing problem where was there an abandoned hotel if people could live in but i guess no one wants to live in that place like I guess there was one, he was talking about Gary, Indiana, which is pretty much abandoned now as a town, as a city. It was once called like the flower of the Midwest or whatever. And now it's just, it's a, the most violent place in America. And uh, yeah, it's super dangerous there. And there's like no one, no one living there. It's room, roaming gangs, I guess. That's all you have for occupant, which is a good reason not to live somewhere. Right. If it's full of roaming gangs. Sure. That's like a, a you know, one of my warning like kind of a Sounds red like flag. Sounds like one of those situations where you just drop the dome over it and just like <laughs> let, let them finish it. That, let the, them finish. Drop it. the thunderdome over yeah, it. And, and yeah, and then just everyone take bats. <laughs> see, see who can come out. Yeah, it's. it's I don't want to seem unsympathetic, but drop a dome and take bets. Is that wrong? Does that make me the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. You know. I don't want to. I mean, put some air holes in it. No, I'm, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm not saying suffocate. Yeah, them yeah, all. no, no. You just want people to fight to the death. Eh, they can to, to, to the what? to the passing out. They can they can they can uh, fall asleep and then be taken out. All right, that's all right. fine. Uh, I'm not a monster. Yeah, this kind of goes along with maybe, maybe there's a thing called liminal spaces. Do you know that? Liminal spaces. Have you ever heard that term? Uh, I've, I've heard what subliminal things are. Mm. So, uh, so liminal seems real. So, what would it be? <laughs> well, it's as I understand it's it, it. It's a place. Spaces. It's a place of transition. Okay. So it's a place that you're in between being this and being that, oh, okay. or right. a place being this and being that. All right. As I understood Limbo. it, this is something that was talked about at, when I was uh, went to that retreat. One of the speakers was talking about liminal spaces in in worship. And so the idea that you change, you know, that as you change, they, um, you know, as you grow, as you age, or as you know, as you go on in your worship and stuff like that, it'll change over time. And in between those spaces are these liminal spaces where you'll. And I thought that was really an interesting idea. And I was thinking about it after, and I was thinking, I wonder, like, when I first converted to Christianity, I went to you know what people often call the honeymoon period, which is this time where you feel. Not not just like oh I believe, but you feel like Christ is with you, and you have this very like real conscious sense of like like Christ 
like actually being physically present and it lasts for a while and then it goes away and it's highly likely that you'll you'll experience it again but i highly likely or unlikely 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 that you'll experience it again yeah and i was thinking about it and i was wondering is it because you go from one state of ego a very very you know me driven state then you pass through this liminal space where you're undergoing this change of you know belief and personality and stuff like that and you're kind of freed from all that for a very brief time and then you are open to those sort of feelings in this space and then you get to the other side of it because you do need to be your you do need to be yourself your ego does have to be involved in your life and so your ego comes back again and you know just change now you've sort of changed your 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 point of reference but you are still you so you know then your ego comes back again all your life concerns start to fill your mind again and then you kind of lose that feeling of connection you know i don't know as this is a thought i had when i was listening to talk about it uh as a liminal space but it's an interesting idea that when you when you change because change involves giving up part of yourself right because you are rejecting that person you're rejecting that the beliefs of that person you but you know you're giving that up so you're like shedding all that part of yourself and so you're in this very open vulnerable place Mm -hmm. that could you know and i'm not saying everyone but i think most people who convert convert that's different than just growing up in the religion you know because when you're a baby and you get baptized what do you know or when you're 11 and you do your confirmation what do you you know or 13 Mm -hmm. or whatever what do you you're not uh you're not really you're just going through this because mom and dad want you to do it you know that's why you're there you're not you know, like, this is the best thing in the world. I love doing confirmation classes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, But it's a different thing when you do it as an adult, I think, because you're shedding part of yourself or part of your past self. And, yeah, it was interesting. I haven't talked to the people about that. I probably should at church. Yeah, it is interesting, yeah. At church, yeah. I did, did I tell you that I'm now in parish council? I yes. think I did. Did I tell you that we had a meeting last week? Um, possibly. Yes, I think maybe. But continue. I don't think on the air. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, so we do it on Zoom, which is convenient. Right. And As nice. it says in the Bible. As it, thou, shalt <laughs> thou shalt Zoom. Project your image. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. On Graven computer, <laughs> where you also watch us hear porn. <laughs> hey, wait, wait but, but a make second. It, make it wait. sure only one tab is open. <laughs> what do you have to tell the truth? For we shall not share the tab <laughs> with the hub. <laughs> yeah. That would feel weird. I think I would probably turn close the tabs. Yeah. Or at least have them in a separate window. Turn the other tab. Turn the other tab, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Those tablets. The two. Um, Do not wordle. <laughs> so my plan was to not say very much. Because I kind of felt like, what do I know? Right. I'm just a big dummy. I'm just joining this this thing. I don't know much about it. But You're not some fancy city lawyer. I'm not a fancy city lawyer. <laughs> But of course, as soon as I was part of the thing, I just started blabbing away, letting off my completely irrelevant two cents. Although, to be fair to me, to be fair to me, uh, one of the other people who was part of the meeting did come over and put his arm around me, which I don't really need that happening. But anyway, put his arm around me. He's like, I just want to thank you for being part of the parish council. I think you're really bringing something great to this. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then I was talking to a friend who... Because it's so, it's kind of weird, like how people are, okay, you're part of parish council. Yeah. Like, I think if you weren't part of parish council, this would be like no thought at all to your mind. But so the, what we wanted, I'm, maybe I talked about this, but anyway, I'm going to talk about it again. Sorry, everyone, if we've gone through this. Because our church, uh, we started a thing called 
the Center for Spiritual Renewal. And so it's like a lot of like contemplative prayer and all this sort of medit meditative prayer and listening prayer and all this stuff like that. And, and we do retreats, one of which uh, obviously I took part of recently, but we've been doing this for a while. And it's pretty, it's pretty much a big part, become a big part of our church's identity okay. is the Center for Spiritual Renewal and the retreats that we've done. Because it doesn't just bring people from our church, it brings people from other churches, from other faiths and other things like that, right? Uh, or other, I shouldn't say faiths, but other um, churches, like local churches sure. and things that that not necessarily Anglican. And so now the lady who started it and did a lot of work on it, she decided to go into the ministry herself. So she went to theological school and now she's working as a priest hmm. somewhere else. And so she obviously doesn't have time to work on the center. Right. And so it's kind of, it's kind of been drifting a little bit, which I think is very concerning. And so at the meeting, it was brought up that there's a lady who's perfectly, believe me when I say this, perfectly suited for this position, that she's been offered, uh, it's $1,000 a month, so not that much money, no. uh, for 10 months of the year for her to work, uh, you know, sort of maintain the Center for Spiritual Renewal, do run the retreats and create uh, classes and stuff like that for people. And so I said what, you know, immediately... <laughs> Because she's a friend, obviously, too. and I, But I think also, I think she's perfect for this. I immediately said, you know, this is what we need because this we can't let something that's become like a cornerstone of what, who we are just to leave it to die. Yeah. Because from neglect, like, that would be crazy. You know, and other people are like, so this is going to be 10000 a year. And so how are we going <laughs> to... Which, like, you know, it's something we should think about, obviously. But at the same time, like, if you don't invest in yourself, mm -hmm. then you're just going to... You're not going to go forward. Right. You know, like we can't be static as a church. We have to constantly reinvent ourselves and renew ourselves, you know. And this is part of this is part of what we decided to do was as a we all agreed on this as a as a congregation that we would do the Center for Spiritual Renewal, that it would cost this amount of money, that it would this we were willing to do that. And now we're gonna like go, oh, it's gonna be how much? So Yeah. But anyway, it was carried it was carried by everyone. Good, good. So, okay. Yeah. And uh yeah. I saw my friend at church, and she was very ha very pleased at how happy people were that she was going to be doing it. So. Oh, good. I'm really glad. And that isn't much. No, it's not. That. It's no. not. Because the next thing we need to do is we need to find someone who will... Take the blame when this all goes down. Take the blame. We, we need, need a, someone who's we not need a scapegoat. about doing hard times. Yeah. We need a scapegoat. Yeah. No, we need someone who will be, do like a children's ministry. Because that's something else our church lacks. is someone to um, for the parents to hand their kids off to. And have you know have them do Sunday school or have them do whatever like whatever you want to do as a uh, as a thing, and that's something else we need someone to get paid to do because we can't have volunteers do these sort of things all the time. There has to be some sort of like recompense for <laughs> you know looking after other people's children. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not the greatest thing to do in the world, and so there should be a little bit of money, money, money. <laughs> so there's something else you have to look at because that's that's also an investment in the future, you know. We've had families come and go, and I'm sure some of those families left because they just felt like, yeah, I'm doing all this work. I mean, it's hard to bring your kids to church. It's not that exciting. Kids don't really like it that much. Mm -mm. So if you can have them do other things while you're doing what you enjoy, then, you know, that's great. And uh, if you can pass them off to someone whose job it is to look after them and, and, arrange, and organize stuff, then... I also feel like it's, uh, you know, church gives you another perspective on things. And, like, the kid is like, I'm just trying to get this one perspective down. I don't know how things work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, at right. all. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is not this is not meaningful to me in a way that it is to you. Yeah. So. It will, may, it might one day, it might not. It doesn't, you know, whatever. But 
in the meantime, as a church, we have to, you have to invest in your future. And one of those features is the young people and young families. So let's uh, get on that. Everyone. So you're saying you believe the children are our future. Mm-hmm. You teach them well and let them lead the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the argument I would have made. <laughs> and I think that's worth 10000 a year. 12000 a year. Whatever. What, you know, Give them yeah. a sense of pride. Yeah. Yep. Because, you know, and I don't... I, I don't even think about it in terms of like I'm not talking about it like monetary investment. I mean investment as a as a future of of your institution because you know mainstream churches. What we lack is we lack we lack um, exclusive exclusivity. You know and that's what you get at other churches. You know you 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 exclusively hate different groups of people, and that gives you like a in group mentality, and that's very pop. That's very it makes people feel it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. To not like other people. Us versus them is fantastic. It's great. It's the, the greatest thing in the world. enemy is yeah. pretty, uh, pretty bitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So the problem for mainstream churches that don't have that sort of exclusivity, who are open and affirming churches, I love that expression. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the problem for us is that, uh, you know, we have people there that other people don't like. So it, it makes it difficult. It, we lack that exclusive uh, thing. So you'd think that being... Ex- uh, you think that being inclusive would bring you more people, but it, sometimes it doesn't really work that way. Because the people that you're trying to include have already been so so uh, abused by their church experiences that it's hard for them to even want to go, contemplate going back again, you know? No, I agree. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's right. a tricky walk. I'm just telling my... But, oh, that's what you think, hey? I got more to talk about. <laughs> let, me, let me talk more about my experiences as a parent. No, just joking. I have, that's all I wanted to say about it. Oh, here's the thing, though, I learned... On Zoom, you can uh, send uh, direct messages back and forth to people. Oh, nice. So you, and I'm not yeah. saying this is certainly what happened, but you and another person who's on parish council could potentially, possibly, may have been making fun of other people nice. during the meeting. Doing a little mystery science theater. <laughs> but they don't know. They don't know. The only problem with it on Zoom, you can't send pictures. Mm, you can't um, send pictures. You can share. Yeah, you can share files. And so... You can share files. Yeah, with pic. You know, you can share pictures. But on the the thing, like I I I control copied a photo into or control pasted yeah. a photo into it, and it wouldn't send. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I do Zoom meetings uh, like about every third day. Yeah. With this project, and yeah, we do see each other's art. And so you're are you sending them as files, or are you sending them as as are you copy pasting them into your? These are good questions that we should ask upstairs <laughs> with people who know what they're talking about. Okay. Right. Perhaps other people who have used Zoom can enlighten me because yeah. it was a little frustrating. I had a, I had a fun... Oh, it's actually the picture that we, uh, I put on uh, of my uh, teetering book stack that, uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, looms over my head because... Library my, of Damocles. One of my friends on the council said, uh, said, oh, you have such a high-tech setup there. And I was like, oh, if you could see off camera, you'd... Uh, you know, you know that it's not really that off. That's not that high tech, and also look kind of dangerous. <laughs> if an earthquake happens, I'm running away. But yeah, so well, good luck. But I couldn't send the picture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I missed choir, which made my choir choir director very angry. Not at me, at at our at our uh, pastor for getting me involved in this. Don't take people out of choir. Nope, there's that f- hits the wrong note. There's <laughs> damn few of us. That's true. It does hit the wrong note. Uh, speaking of notes, mm-hmm. people could. Uh, yeah, they could write Send us. Send us some notes. And they did. And here's the situation. <laughs> okay. I was eating too much candy, so I put some gum in my mouth so I wouldn't <laughs> eat candy. Um, last week we asked, is there a food you, d- you didn't like as a child but do now? And also, have you ever had a person come into your life for a moment, have a huge impact, and then leave? Uh, uh, likely never to be seen again. 
Yes. Okay. I think that's part of it is that it's just that brief yeah. brief encounter. And then you go, Shane, Shane, come back. <laughs> um, so first letter we got was from the co-host of uh, Horse Mysteries. Oh. Uh, who's also your wife, uh, Lisa, who, d- who recently wrote a nice description of like all the episodes. Holy cow. Yes, so if you're did. like looking for a good horse mystery uh, episode to start off with, boy, howdy. That was, those were all uh, fine and dandy. Yeah. Um, what are you up to now on the on this season of Horse Mysteries? Like what? what oh, we, ep- we just I still haven't put the first episode out. I was editing it last night. Okay, and this finish. is the third season. This is the third season. Okay, yeah. very good. So, so it'll Lisa, be out very soon. Lisa writes number one: mushrooms. Did not like them as a child. More of a textural thing. I think now they're fine. <laughs> she says that, but she eats them all the time. Like she'll have like fried mushrooms with on with an omelet, or she likes it as a side with a steak. Let's say. Okay. She likes like the big button mushrooms in in uh, in spaghetti sauce. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. So I don't know, dear. I think you like them more than just fine. Oh well, there we are. Oh, that comes from a guy. I don't want to. I don't want to challenge my wife. Likes you more than just fine too. So be careful. <laughs> That's true. I do like Might be mushrooming yourself. Uh, number two. I had a few teachers who would fit the bill without uh, about making a huge impact and then disappearing. But I think that's also there in their job description, so I'm not going to include them. However, there was this one guy, a riding coach, who uh, I never took lessons from, but I knew uh, he was the coach of many people I competed against growing up. There was a big international competition, kind of like Junior Olympics, and I had not uh, fulfilled most of the qualifying criteria because I was in university and felt I wouldn't be able to tick all the boxes. Anyway, the coach got up and made an impassioned speech and then had a big argument with many people uh, and got me on the team just because he felt I should be there. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And then he moved to Guatemala. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hope he did and didn't, didn't just lie. One, a... one story Lisa brought up, not here, but when we were talking about it at home, she, she reminded me of someone we will never forget, which is, I always think of him as a little guy. He wasn't like, tiny but he was a, just a little, he was a little guy like a small taller than me yeah um a real busy guy yep and we met him on the train coming back from paris and the reason this is important is because when we were on the train coming back from paris a rail strike was called in england mm. and so we were coming back to an england on by train by ferry that we were supposed to catch a train on the other side and get home that way but when we got off the ferry in dover there were no trains running and it was just absolute mayhem it was anarchy absolute anarchy but meeting this guy on the train, uh, my survival instinct kicked in, and I was like, this person is the best person to know to get us home. He will get us home. He will save us. So we just kind of stuck to him. We made friends with him. We got off the train the, you know, at, at uh, however we talked to, you know, talked on the ferry and stuff like that. I mean, and when we got to Dover, he was able to convince a bus driver who was going to Nottingham, I believe to Nottingham, into, which is where this guy lived, in a stopping in Leicester and dropping us off there, and then we could take the bus back mm. down to where we were staying. It was still a long trip, still like a couple hours by bus to get back, but better than where the situ- situation we were in. So yeah, we got in the bus. The bus driver, out of the goodness of his heart, went off the motorway into Leicester, dropped us off there, and then continued on to Nottingham, and we caught a bus. Wow. And I never saw that guy again. <laughs> but I often think about him because, really... He and his wife were such a such a godsend for us. So, so whoever you are, whoever you are, I hope that you had a happy life. I feel like you got into local politics in some way because <laughs> that was where you were heading, and I hope that that was very successful for you. And I often think about you, sir. Thank you, thank you for your service. And that man was Bob Hoskins. <laughs> uh, Edward Dragansky writes, "I'm in high demand this week, so I'll write what I can." Oh, appreciate that. 
Thanks. I hated meatloaf as a kid. Absolutely could not, would not eat it. Maybe because it was my mom's meatloaf, and eating it uh, now prepared by Susan makes all the difference. But mm. I love it now. Wow. I think if I uh, couldn't eat it, I'd find a way to snort it like cocaine. I love it so much. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I also wasn't a fan of uh, pecans. Maybe because of an allergy I had when I was a kid and grew out of. But I can eat them like candy now. I love a good pecan pie, which is a southern specialty mm. uh, or speciality. Uh, but the sugar content is way too high for me to enjoy that. All other foods are pretty much fair game. I was never a fussy eater except for cottage cheese. I still hate it to this day. <laughs> the first designer I professionally worked for in the summer of 1988 had a profound impact on me. His name was Ron Bristol. Good name for a designer. Yeah. Named after paper. Smart. Uh, in one summer, he taught me all the stuff I wasn't learning in college. If he doesn't like what you're saying, he just goes Bristol board. <laughs> nice. Uh, and was the first person I knew who used an Apple computer for real work. Uh, when I had uh, any downtime, Ron would encourage me to use his computer and familiarize myself with it. Mm. Ron would tell me, get used to this thing, because this is where it's all going. And man, he was right. We designed signage for a number of buildings uh, that were uh, in the architectural design stage. So we'll all uh, have blueprints for reference. Ron and I would design all, uh, all the signs in the building, the sizes, the fonts how high they were on the wall, everything. It was a very precise project. If I remember it right, we did signage for both a women's hospital in Houston, Texas, and a hotel in Sarasota, Florida. I got the signs mixed up. Oh, no. Oh, no. I learned so much uh, from him, and without having to compete for a college internship, uh, uh, for a college internship that summer. Hmm. Then Ron disappeared. And even though I heard he moved to Austin, I've not been able to find him since 1998. Back to the grind. <laughs> We're on the last of five children's books we've had to illustrate, and the deadline is today. Love to all my fellow sneakers. Sincerely, Deadhead Ed. Deadhead Ed? I didn't know you were a Deadhead Ed. Oh, by the way, speaking of Ed, I, I watched The Mandalorian, the final season of The Mandalorian. Okay. I liked it a lot. Mm. I was not a fan of the second season at all. I didn't. I was not happy. I was not a happy David for much of that season, but I uh, really liked this last season. It is all about the... And I will send you a link... <laughs> About that, and it is. I'm not lying. Oh, interesting. It all, it all is. Uh, Fine. I mean, one... that's cool because it's good to like ground things in in a real place, but it, it's sort of an analog of. Yeah, that's. Really I think cool. you will like this. I'll send you, uh, and you know what? Hey, maybe we'll even put it uh, on here if you if you like it. Uh, but it was a breakdown of how you know each each episode was basically you know covering certain aspects of uh, cool yeah the Jewish face including like there's an episode called uh, the spies yeah which people were like well, who was the spy who was the this who was the that and it was it was Moses sent out twelve uh, pe- people to I guess disciples what have you out to uh, ch- check out the land and make sure it was safe and yeah. that's what it was mm. it was the parallel to that and it was like but who were the spies they were called the spies. <laughs> Um, our friend Louise mentioned earlier in the show. Yes, Louise. Um, says the following <laughs> right now. If you could read my mind. Hey, that's a reference to Gordon Lightfoot out of, out of nowhere. Oh, no. There we go. Uh, you'd know I didn't like broccoli as a kid, but I like it now. You'd also know that I'm going to ask you what your favorite Gordon Lightfoot song is in honor of his recent passing. There yeah. you go. I was curious about the story. Of, oh, wow. Are we going to, uh, oh, we're going to talk about this now. I was curious about the story behind If You Could Read My Mind. And was surprised to read that he once filed a lawsuit against the composer of Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love, alleging he copied the bridge. Oh, interesting. Hmm. It's the part that goes, 
I never thought I could act this way, and I got to say that I just don't get it. It sounds exactly like Michael uh, Macer's tune for I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Mm. I never thought I could act this way. I've got to say that I just don't get it. Lightfoot, uh, he said he didn't want people to think he stole Masser's tune, but to avoid negative publicity for Whitney, he dropped the lawsuit and Masser issued a public apology. Oh, that's okay. Veteran songwriters shouldn't, uh, wouldn't deliberately rip off someone else's melody, wouldn't they? Okay, uh, so maybe uh, it was a case of independent creation or subconscious borrowing. Also, a lot of times people just like take the melody. Uh, so I heard both songs dozens of times, but never made that connection. Yeah, I, it's probably it's it's possible that he just had it's you know it probably has a vague a vague you know yeah like it's just you're going a little word now because both are uh, both are bah! songs yeah and this is the bit in the middle we got we got to calm it down mm-hmm. and you can't just calm it straight <laughs> so you're gonna go up and down it's it's like at the end of uh, when David sings work drink fuck die he'll always put in. A bunch of songs that use the same chord sequence, like uh, "Walk Don't Run" by the Ventures, and uh, um, what's that? This uh, that's some, what is it? Something ten, the Ernie, Tennessee Ernie Ford song. Uh, I'm sorry. You know that's I owe my soul to the company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sixteen tons. Sixteen tons, yeah. So they all kind of use the same chord sequence. So he does a bunch of these sure. songs in a row. You know, just kind of like an acknowledgement of, hey, this is a popular chord sequence yeah. that people have been using for a long time. So. It's like when I wrote a parody of Ed uh, Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud for an award show, and I listened to it over and over. It didn't even occur to me that it sounded like Let's Get It On. Because it doesn't. So it makes sense to me that Sheeran <laughs> successfully defended himself in that copyright infringement lawsuit yeah. this week. The only thing uh, the song had in common was a four-chord progression and a ryth- rhythmic groove. His defense found 80 other songs written before Thinking Out Loud that <laughs> used the same progression. 33 yeah. of which uh, were released before Let's Get It On. Yeah. I found it funny that the defense's expert used Georgie Girl as one example of an earlier song that used the same chords. The music is so sweet and poppy compared to the funkier hit. I wouldn't have minded being on the jury. By all accounts, it was an entertaining trial. Yeah. At the end of it, even after they had the, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you call it when they decide? It's the verdict. Yeah. The verdict. Uh, they did an encore. That yeah, was interesting. You don't usually <laughs> get that in a, in a case. I'm sure Ed Sheeran had his guitar out and played. He's done things like that. Like if if you can look for him on uh, YouTube, and he'll like play a, every song in the world with the same three chords. Sure. Like he can he'll show you like these are the most these are the chords that make every up every song. Yeah, there's a just for laughs uh, thing with like a band that does that as well. It's a, it's a, a good, it's a good gimmick. Yeah, and uh, I really hate this whole kind of chilling effect of everyone suing everybody else. Over, you know, these vague, vague resemblances between songs, because yeah, it's a chill. You know, it just really it's it's killing music. It, and what's ha- what the reason it's happening and why it didn't happen before is that everyone was making money from these songs and it was great. But now with streaming and and everything else that's going on, no one's making money from song songwriting anymore. Not like they used to anyway. Yeah. And so. They're trying to find other ways of making money from it, and that one way is to sue everybody for having a slight resemblance to your song. And they've they already successfully sued um, Robin Thicke for uh, Blurred Lines. Mm-hmm. That was also the uh, gay family who who, who uh, sued him for another totally frivolous lawsuit, which unfortunately the defendants did not 
take seriously their defense and really, really effed up and created this, created this situation. Uh, you know, and it's kind of like My Sweet Lord. If you listen to My Sweet Lord and He's So Fine, they're not the same. They're not the same song at all. There's some, there are some, some uh, echoes of them in George Harrison's thing, but they're like humorous echoes that were meant as kind of like a little bit of a, of a, of a tip of the hat to the, for the song that he loved yeah. so much growing up. They, those songs are totally different from each other. They, they're not the same song. And the, that he lost the case way back when, it's just, once again, another travesty. So yeah, I just think all this stuff is stupid. We talked about this a little while ago where someone was, people on Twitter were, were uh, roasting Olivia Rodrigo for copying Elvis Costello's Pump It Up. And his response was, pump it up. The, what, the same way I copied Elvis Costello's, or sorry, copied Bob Dylan's Subterranean Homesick Blues. And he copied uh, Chuck Berry's yeah. song. These songs all are related to each other because they inspired us to write songs. And this is the, this is the, what the problem now is that we're getting in front of younger artists opportunity to make themselves anew by, by basing themselves in artists that they also love. And artists also been borrowing. Yeah. That's stealing. the point of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just part of it. And now, and now you've got like the technology to play things side by side and go, eh? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. I mean, just do, do those things, you know, on the radio where they go, these songs sound a bit alike. Well, that's an interesting novelty. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah but don't uh, don't sue. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, that was it. That was it for those uh, three layers. So do we have any emails? We do not have emails today. Well, we did get an email from. Oh no, we didn't. That wasn't for that. That was a different thing. Okay, everything's fine. <laughs> no, well, just Louise sent me a video. I guess. Okay. That, okay. That I thought was for us, but mm. maybe it was not. No, I think she sent it to you. Oh, very good. All right. I didn't get it. Did, can I say that my favorite? Uh, Gordon Lightfoot song is um, Don Quixote from the album Don Quixote. And mine is Sundown to the point where I wanted it to be, uh, I almost like kind of wrote a movie based on that song. Uh, and uh, I may be doing a comic book sort of, <laughs> uh, with that as well. And we used it in a comedy show once. I, I like it very much. Yeah, it's great. I also too. really like the SCTV sketch Gordon Lightfoot sings every song ever written. That's one of my favorite SCTV sketches. Yes, with Rick Moranis. Especially yeah. where he's singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> stuff um uh, here's a question i would like to ask because we discussed terry fox and he's kind of considered a canadian hero Mm -hmm. um who who is a a a hero of yours uh who is someone you would consider a hero uh let us know that's my my question Hmm. Uh, what do you what do you got mac oh what do you got uh, champ hey sport uh i forgot to try and think of uh, last week i i pre-thought of a, a question okay I like had it, you know. I, I, okay, I got something. There. This is a tribute for Louise. Okay, <laughs> uh, tribute for Louise and Jackie because they did the very funny uh, uh, food yes. that was based on a movie. Uh, uh, name some movie food that you can make. As in, like if you were a fan of a movie, what is a joke food you could make while mm. watching that movie? So, like, say you're watching Jaws, and you would, uh, you know, have uh, you know something from I don't know Martha's Vineyard. I got nothing. <laughs> I got absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> right now hmm. uh we're gonna oh i got one okay so you're watching jaws yeah and you're gonna have uh potatoes sure smothered in gravy yeah and it's called uh we're gonna need a bigger gravy boat okay so there you go that's what that would be one so how about if i'm watching manhattan i get a teen burger from nw whoa so here's how you contact us uh talk to your congressman um, you can either email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Go to our website. Oh boy, we prefer you do that. That's fun. Well, no, we would like emails too. Those are fine. 
Uh, but like we like it when you go to our website because yeah, that is sneakydragon.com and you can like post what you think underneath any episode. You will also have access to all of our past podcasts, not just Sneaky Dragon. But as I said before, Horse Mysteries. <laughs> Check that out. Or Vansplainers. Or uh, uh, Full Marks. Or Totally Tintin. Or Completely Beatles. You know, and uh, much, much more. Um, so there. Uh, if you go to um, Facebook, and uh, maybe you're still on Facebook, uh, um, we're, we got a site on there. You can post stuff there. Or you can go to Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon, or Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. There you are. Boom. Very nice. Uh, I want to say something to you, Dave. Oh. Uh, I am not, I don't want us to go to see this Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> That's usual. So I don't think we, we should see it. We won't see it tonight. That's fine. Can I tell you some good news, though, before oh, we go? I would love to know some good news. Uh, the girls have a place. They have, they've landed successfully. There's a place for them yes, somewhere. After getting kicked out of their uh, their uh, place they're living From in. From being party animals. Because of their party animals. No, because the uh, landlord's son needed to move back in. Which is the problem with with renting in a, that kind of situation, doing right. a basement suite rental. Is that you're at they the... They called it the prodigal uh, suite. You're at, the, yes, you're at the mercy of the family's... Dyna- you know, whether they, they might end up yeah. selling the place. They might... Or they might have their parents need a place to they move have into. They a calf they got to get rid There's of. There's all kinds of things that could happen. And so they found, a, uh, they found a place, which is very close to where they live now. And what's nice about it is that it's a house that's owned by... The guy owns a house, but he doesn't live in it. Oh. He built a few houses in this neighborhood and he, he rents them out. Okay. And so he doesn't need that basement suite. He needs the money from that basement suite so the girls can live have there. money? Yeah. Excellent. I guess the person who lived there before lived there for 11 years. And the only reason he left was because uh, he worked for a church in Abbotsford who offered him a, a house oh, okay. to live in. So that was an irresistible They're offer. giving away houses. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Okay, so, so yeah, so the girls were very happy. You know, it's kind of funny on Sunday. So what happened was, well, Eve needed uh, a loan to pay her part of the damage deposit. Mm-hmm. Because they went and talked to this guy the week before. And pretty much he really liked them. Right. This is why they're getting this rental. He's He likes them a lot. And so he said, and they were kind of like, we love this place, but here's a problem. We can't move in until June 1st because that's when our lease, you know, that's when we can reasonably leave our, mm-hmm. our previous place because they have to leave uh, at the end of July or sorry, beginning at the end of June. So they could leave on June 1st and that's okay. So he's like, well, that's fine. Pay, it, pay your damage deposit. We'll sign the lease and I'll leave it. I'll, you know, I'll wait a month for you guys. That's great, right? That's mm-hmm. so that was, and so they love the place. The landlord seems like really nice, and uh, so that's cool. So on Saturday, well, before Saturday, Mary was like, "Dad, would you mind Eve's away? Would you mind coming with me when I sign the lease and stuff like that?" Mm-hmm. And hand the hand this person eight hundred dollars, and I was like, "Yep, no problem." Um, so, and then Eve said, "Dad, would you mind lending me <laughs> half of this because I don't have the money?" And I was like, "No problem," and so. We figured it would be around 11 o'clock on Saturday. And so on Saturday, I got up around 8, an hour before my alarm. Don't ask me why. I got up at 8, uh, went to the gym. And while I was at the gym, because I had set my alarm for 9, and I forgot I'd turn it off. It went off at the gym while I was working out. So it was making a lot of noise in the gym. And I went to turn it off. And it, my phone's been doing this weird thing where it won't open. The screen won't open. Oh, okay. It'll have like the little, the little fingerprint thing. And I'll put my thumb there. And then... Little blue lights will go up the side of the phone, and that's all. That's all you get. The blue lights. There you go, Dave. Oh. Good enough, right? So it wouldn't open, and I kept. So this alarm was going off. So I went outside and put it in my car and left, left, locked it in there. 
so it could ring to its heart content. Right. So I went back in, and then I was running, which is so annoying now because now I'm running at the gym. I don't have anything to listen to. I've been watching uh, Dark Shadows while I'm running. Okay. This has been my new thing to watch Dark Shadows. What people beside me think of what I'm watching, mm-hmm. I have no idea. But um, so as it turns out, Mary tried to, was trying to call me because I needed to be in Chilliwack at 10. Oh. So I finally realized she's calling me. Like the phone finally did whatever it was doing. It got yeah. over its problems. And then it notified me that Mary was calling at 9.30. So I went out to my car and talked to her. And uh, yes, she explained Dad, is there, you know, we, you have to be here, you know, at 10 o'clock. Anyway, there's no way I was going to make it, but yes, I was going anyway. So I went home, grabbed my clothes, threw them in the car, went to the bank, got money, got on the road, discovered it was the busiest day on oh. earth because everyone on Saturday looked outside and said one word. They said, son, let's get in the car, 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 get in. The, we're going, we're going somewhere. It doesn't matter where we're going. We're just going to be in the car. We're going to drive. Let's go. Let's get on the road. Here we go. Everyone, clunk, we're all stuck together, like right. a giant train of cars trying to get down to the freeway. So Mary called me. It was like, shit. I think it was around 10 o'clock. She called me and she's like, where are you? And I said, I'm just on the flats through Abbotsford. She's when you know when are you gonna be here? I looked at my phone and said another twenty one minutes. So I'm like I'll be there in twenty minutes. She's like okay. So then she phoned the this uh, future landlord and she said, uh, you know, is it okay if we're a little bit late? My dad can't get here until ten twenty. And he's like, doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> so so then uh, he said maybe you can call me at one. I might have some time around then. So you know. Yeah. So I got out got out there. Mary was upset. Not our, not our fault, but you know yeah. this is how things go. But if I'd known it was going to be like this, I would have just gone in the morning and just yeah. waited there, right? So we, I, you know, and then Eve's upset. She's away. She's up in a hundred mile house visiting some friends. So she's all in a. They're both in like very upset because they really want this place, and now it's kind of fallen through in a way. And I was like, "Don't worry, it's going to be fine." He likes you guys. Yeah, you know that he likes you, so he wants yeah, this to you're work. Also, the path of least resistance. You're right, the easiest way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd have to show it again. There's no, no sense to that. Yeah. So uh, we, Mary and I, went book shopping. Then we went to this restaurant that we both like, this little uh, cafe in the countryside. And we got there and it was a 45-minute wait. And she looks at me and I'm like, that's fine. We'll just wait 45 minutes. Fine, we'll wait. So we get on we get on the thingy and they have a, this cool app which tells you where you are in line. So she's like, she looks at it and she goes, oh, we have 18 people in front of us. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's fine. Don't worry, it's fine. Uh, and then uh, you know, a little bit later, we're just out chatting and stuff like that. 11 people. So it's good. It's going down. It's great. And then it was getting closer and closer to one o'clock. It was three people left in front of us, but it was one o'clock. I said, you got to phone him. Got to phone him yeah. right now, Mary. Yeah. Calls him. He's like, can you be here at 1.30? I said, yep, we're going. So we got in the car. We left left the restaurant. Uh, then we thought, well, maybe we can go to McDonald's really quick. So we <laughs> popped into McDonald's, went inside. I was like to Mary, I was like, okay, we got to leave here at 20 after one. We got to be on the road at 20 after one. So we get our food. Uh, look at our, look at my watch. It's 17 after. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we got to eat in three minutes. So we're, we're, I can't eat that fast. Yeah. So I, Mary wolfed on her hamburger, uh, which is very, you know, related yeah. to her mom. And then I'm more like daintily taking birdie bites. And so then I'm like, oh, I just throw the hamburger in the box. and Yeah, just uh, get out of here. Let's go, go, go. go. Get on the I'm road. screaming at you guys right now. <laughs> so we get on the road. We're driving over there. We get there before they get there. And so, yeah, met the landlord, met his, met his girlfriend. So that was good. Met, uh, saw the place, got, a lot to, of got to walk around. Perps. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, we got to, got to see the sites, got to tour the place. And Mary showed me her room and his room and, you know, and everything. And they have a beautiful view over the, because they're right on the hills, mm-hmm. overlooking the valley. So they can see all the farmland and stuff down below, all the way across the mountains on the other side. So, yeah, 
really nice place. So I'm really happy that they signed the, Mary signed the lease and we paid the deposit and all good. So anyway, just wanted people to, to know. I know you guys are worried about the girls, what's happening. They have found a place to land, so that's good. Yay! <laughs> Bye!